Hello and welcome to the Lost Air Podcast. I'm Garen. I'm here with Paul. How's things? And this week we're going to be looking at musicians who also have acting credits. Um, we went there, but we have a few here that are not like the super mad obvious ones. Um, and there's a couple of ones that like you definitely know. So yeah, and also some people might be like, "Did you not do that before?" No, no, we did. done side gigs. We did, we did side jobs. Yeah, we did before they were famous, which yeah. did kind of include people like Jason Schwartzman, mm-hmm. who used to be an act. Now he used to be a musician who became an actor. Uh, he was in one of them. Then we did non-singer sing. He was yeah. the crossover. We but went backwards is, on that one. Yeah, so this is not quite the same. Just in case anyone's going, oh, did you did that? no, we, we have loads we of topics. We yeah, we, we know, know what we, we don't. There's a big list. <laughs> There's a big fucking list of stuff we've done and stuff we're going to do and stuff we might do. And this yeah. is on it, right? Actually, we, you know what I found? We did, we did, we, when we did a non-singer sing, it was mostly like sports people and actors yeah. going into music. And yes. the results were actually pretty bad, mostly. Mostly, yeah. But this I found, we, well, I, a lot of ones we picked, people, musicians going into acting had a much better Much rate. better rate. Right. Apparently, yeah. I, I read a thing online, I read a whole article online about, uh, it's about hip-hop artists, in particular, black hip-hop artists from the 90s that made the change into acting. <laughs> and they became some of the most successful actors of that time. So you go back and you look at like Will yeah. Smith or you look at uh, even Tupac. Tupac. I was going to put Tupac in there. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. But like, apparently, there's something about like the mentality, that kind of '90s hip hop mentality, that just meant when it came to acting, they were like, "This is a piece of piss." Like, this is nothing compared to the music industry. I found, yeah, I found with rappers what they would do straight away, <laughs> much like pop divas. Yeah, exact same thing. Pop divas and rappers, their first role would be playing themselves. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. But then, then they could branch out afterwards, and that's fair yeah. enough. That's not a bad way to test them. Of course, more. still they acting get them in the movie, and they're not still acting, but they're yeah. not breaking their comfort zone. Like from Ice T to go to like someone who was talking about fucking cop killing cops to actually yeah. being a cop catching killers. Yeah, exactly. It took every you know? iota of strength I had not to put Ice T on this list. I was going to do it as well. Yeah, like, I, I I wanted to fucking try try and get a few new names on here because we. We often double down. Yeah, now, me too. Me too. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna warn people straight off the bat. There is someone that I put someone on this list that was on last week's list as well, and I'll be done with them now for a year. Right? This is the last you'll hear. That's not um, what I'm worried about. There's someone else you need to be done with. There's someone else. Both of us need to be done with on this list. Uh, let me have we'll a talk about it later. List. We'll talk about it later. All right. There's a couple. Of, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. I can see. I can see one or two there. That's like, oh, okay, let's get it done. Uh, but but it, listen to be first honest with you. If we're talking about them in different capacities. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a couple of weird little facts about some of them that are kind of music related that I want to kind of shoehorn in. But for the most part, uh, the, oh, way, yeah, yeah. the way I approached this is I tried to pick, um, I tried to pick people that I've always kind of, I kind of liked in movies yeah. or TV shows. Yeah, uh, and I might have liked them more in their TV or movie roles than I did their music. And what I've sure. done is like, I've kind of got, I've gone, th- I've gone through where. Uh, I've got a little selection of what they've appeared in. And, I, and tr- if I've seen it, I'm going to tell you if I've seen it and if I liked it. Um, so w- without fucking... Yeah, further, pretty much the same. That's pretty much... Yeah, the that's, I think it's the only way to really approach something like this. Yeah, like really. There were some, some ones that I thought were standout obvious ones. And then what I did was I went, you know what? We do that too often. We pick the obvious ones when I'd rather talk yes. about something I want to talk about. So we yes. do that. We, I think we're good at 50-50 in that anyway. So, yeah. yeah, we're good at stuff fifty percent of the time, which is a <laughs> solid odds. Let's solid be honest. Uh, so, without further ado, let's get into it. Who is your first one? 
My first one is someone I think is only appeared on last start as a choice once, maybe. I think you might have picked some duos. Could be. Um, Cher. Yes. Cher is uh, someone I want, the, one of the first people I thought of for this because I remember the first person as a kid who I thought, holy shit. Yeah. Cher's great at everything and she's really likable. Like, yes. really fucking likable. I don't think she's ever really done or said anything shitty. She, and uh, she, to be fair to her, she looks like a fraggle. So you can't forget what she looks like either. She's mad looking. Fraggle. She looks like a fucking fraggle. Cher is mad looking. Has, has always been mad looking. Like good looking, mad looking. But mad looking. She looks yeah, like she, a fraggle. Yeah, she looks like something that fucking... Kind of yeah, man with the, the cabbage house. Now that's Smurfs. Is it like Armenian kind of heritage or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, she's very, just... Very Persian anyway or something. Very tall with the straight black hair. Or then later with the curly black hair. Yeah. Fucking mad looking face. That's like a good mad looking face. Like it's so distinctive. Like right, because now she just gets lied about her face all the time, which I think is unfair for a 70-year-old. Uh, 70 years of age. Like, there's only, only one person's held onto their fucking, onto like something akin to their like youth um, at that age. It's Dolly Parton. Like, she's the, oh, she's yeah. still mad looking, but she definitely looks, like, looks better than the some, rest of them. I think some people take to the surgery better. And yeah. Dolly, Jesus Christ, Dolly, I don't know how Dolly... She hasn't aged. Dolly's immortal. The Highlander. Dolly Parton she's is the Highlander. person who's a lovely person as well. Sure and Cher are two of the... So when you look... Without without getting too much into like the whole history of Cher, she's mm. like a proper proper what I consider a proper music icon. Yeah. And like most icons, they usually have the ability to excel at all aspects of entertainment. Yes. Big three, singing, yeah. dancing, acting, and yeah. she could always do all that. So um, obviously shares one half of the the mid sixties duo, husband and wife folk. Do you know, share Sonny and Sh- I'm calling them Share and Sonny actually because I like yeah. them more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I'm, re- Folk, Rina, Sonny, I'm, re- I'm rebranding it. Yeah, I'm rebranding it. Share and Sonny. He might have been on the playlist about scumbags. That's he was. That, we we gave him an awful time anyway. Yeah, pretty yeah. sure I said he was glad. Because didn't, didn't, didn't he break every bone in his body while skiing, and we were we were clapping even though it happened yeah, forty, well, it made, made 40 years ago. Made a difference <laughs> breaking her, her bones. So yeah, we yeah, had exactly. To him. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, um, a, here's another one for Sonny and it's, it's not it's not her son's husband so I don't feel about and I like her son I like Cher's son so I don't uh, from, from Dedzy Elijah Blue Almond so I don't feel bad about it like, that's not her dad that's Greg Almond it's her dad uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so anyway um, they had to like, right, have to have to admit that she was acting a little bit then I, don't, I wanted, to, wanted to do a full transition of Song singer into to acting. It's hard to do that with, quite, the, with the older ones. Yeah. Well, well, what happens is they got a comedy era, which is not really acting. Yeah. It's like they they're thrown onto this comedy show. It's a variety of things it's got a bit of music and it's got a thing. Yeah. I still don't consider it. So I checked and they said, okay, hang on. I remembered the breakout movies, so to speak. I thought there was actually a couple more before, and then there was three initial ones. So we'll talk quickly about those three initial ones. Yeah. Because they don't count. I'm putting it out there that they just don't count. Yeah, the first one was called Wild on the Beach. It's like mm. an Elvis or a Beatles film. It's not really a film. Mm. It was about like they they turn up as Sonny and Cher and it's sing and they go wild but, at the beach. Go wild at the beach. Yeah, yeah. Second, <laughs> second one was Good Times. Yeah, yeah, sixty seven yeah. where yeah. they have a good time. Yeah. Actually, really, that was directed by uh, William Freudkin, a fucking exorcist. Really? Yeah, it wasn't good though. Apparently, yeah, I've got care. no none of those none of those films ever were. Yeah, and the third one before the third one was was called Chastity, written by Sonny Bono, mm. flopped so badly that it put her off making films for twelve years. So that's why I put her on. She's coming back after a twelve year year hiatus. Can I get, three can I guess what it is? Films. What can, the film? The film. Yeah. I, I, I remember sharing loads of stuff. But there's one from my youth from very early on 
You that, won't know this one. I won't know no. this one? No. Nope. All right. So, what year was Mask out? We'll talk about Mask later. Okay. Oh. Right. Because that this haunted me. Where she, pl- where she plays. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about Mask later. Yeah. Uh, this is where she played Chastity. It was a fucking film where she walked around like a songstress with a, a guitar on her back and looking for gigs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It flopped really, really badly. So... What she did was then, concurrently to the Sonny and Cher thing, she, Cher and Sonny, she had her own successful solo career at the same time, which was fine. Yeah. Um, in the mid-60s, up until like, I think it was about late 70s where things started to go a bit bad musically. Mm. She wasn't, didn't have the same hits as she usually did. So Robert Altman, of all people, were like, do you want to be in my movie? Now, Robert Altman's actually one of my favorite directors. Mm. I absolutely love his films. She, she went to the star in a couple of other ones. We'll talk about that. And he'll come up again later. Um, in a film called Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Now, I've never seen that. But Robert yeah. Altman does a lot, millions of types of movies. Also, not watching a film from the 80s called that. I, I might yeah. do, maybe. I won't. So, after 13 years, she came back and decided to write. I'll give it a go. That film was actually received pretty, pretty well. Mm. And um, she she had a follow-up called Silkwood right. with Meryl Streep and Kurt Russell. Weird. Which actually did pretty well. Yeah. And she was nominated for an Oscar for that. Cher really? was. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. So I remember as a kid thinking, sorry, the next one is the one I'm, I'm thinking, Cher, this is the first time I saw Cher. And it's the first time you saw Cher as well. Mm. You just said it. It's Mask. Yeah. The first time I saw where Eric Stoltz, That's who we right. know now, is, was Rocky playing Rocky Dennis. And um, I remember thinking, holy shit, yeah. she's like amazing actress, like yeah. really good. You know, as a kid, I loved Mask. I watched it loads. Now it did scare the shit out of me. Scared the fuck out of me. I was too young to know what was going on. Yeah, now I loved it. I, I, I was weird. It was on telly one day. Yeah, that's exactly how I saw it. I never didn't. Like, I, like I rented it. Like, I, and I... Yeah, I ran in and I was like, man, ma, what's happening on the telly? <laughs> oh, that's Cher. Went, no, yeah. not Cher. The other fella. The other <laughs> fella. Yeah. And she's watch like, it. oh, this is the Rocky Dennis film. It's really good. Watch it. And then I just thought I had to watch it. Yeah. yeah. So I thought she didn't make like sit, make. But then, you know what? There was loads of bits in that film that are brilliant. He was dating a blind girl and it kind of all worked out because yeah, yeah. there was no stigma about how he looked and stuff like that. And he was teaching her how to like, feel colours and stuff it's, I always just there's one scene where he's like lying on the bed and Cher is like sitting on the bed with him or something like that and that's uh, it was one of my like, earliest memories of actually like watching something yeah. and it not being like the A-team and there being explosions and helicopters and shit you know what I mean because when I was and that age was, that's all I watched hiring and prostitutes and all yeah there was mad shit going on in that film and yeah. I, I'd seen it a bunch of times because I remember when it was on the telly Everybody started talking, like all the fucking parents were talking about it. And obviously, fucking, if like that, that age bracket are talking about it, somehow it gets back to the TV station. Like, Jay's, we don't, don't all write off mask there. Let's show it again in two weeks' time for the country yeah. who, who missed the two weeks ago, you know? So it was yeah. just one of those things that was always on for like RTE or something like no, that, BBC. Yeah, or, it, was, it was always on. Yeah. Um, they actually got nominated for Golden Globes, the two of them. And I'm not surprised. Yeah. I don't think they weren't they weren't uh, up for Oscars, but I don't know what was out that time. Because I think, was that, not, was that like a TV movie? Or was it, it was a TV movie, movie as yeah. far as I know. Yeah. yeah. So that's maybe why Golden Globes. Yeah, yeah. Golden Globes, you get that kind of more often with TV. Exactly, yeah. 
So the movies after that were Suspect with Dennis Quaid and then Witches of Eastwick, which I actually really yeah, liked. That yeah. also scared the shit out of me as a kid. That, that film was great. For reason. That was great. There's a um, resurgence of that actually at the moment. People talk Witches of Eastwick. I think they're not remaking it. Ah, uh, that could be. Yeah. Oh no, hang on. They're not. They're remaking Death Becomes Her, which is the movie that for some reason always got same job. Yeah, sort of, sort of close enough. Same um, job. The next was the big one. The next one was the big, big movie. That's Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Where she won. The movie won. She won Best Actress. I forgot about that film completely. But that's that's massive. So yeah. Remember, at the same time, she doesn't really have any massive musical awards yeah. today. So she made the thing. She's still making albums, but none of them are doing particularly yeah. whopper right yeah. now. Because right now, she doesn't really care. She's winning uh, fucking Best Actress at the Oscars. Yeah. She jumped medium uh, and she's doing well, so stick yeah. with it. Best screen, one best screenplay and best supporting yeah, actress yeah. for uh, Olympia Dukakis, who was unreal in that film. Mm. I watched uh, Moonstruck last year again. It's a fucking brilliant film. It really I haven't sweet. seen that in forever. Film. Yeah. And um, they also, both of them won both uh, Dukakis and Cher won Golden Globes. Mm. So a year later, she was like, right, let's kick the music back up a notch again. And if mm. I could turn back time came out, which is a banger. Yeah. Okay, what anybody says. Video's outrageous. She's wearing yeah. absolute mad gear. Kids in the background playing guitar on, on a ship. Um, that so that's a massive video. That that was peak share. So that's yeah. 80, 89. Yeah. Around 88, 89. That's peak share where she's just won an Oscar and had a, a song that went, excuse me, the number one for ages. She's probably in so her then, 40s as well. Um, yeah. I she's something now, yeah. And she's wearing all that clobber. And she's like a denim jacket or a leather jacket on with like some sort over, of. Over nothing. Yeah. Over nothing. Riding a, riding a cannon. Riding a 50 mil cannon yeah. or whatever it is. So that's Jesus when she Christ. did the other, 92, it was like three years later, she did another Robert Altman film, The Player, which is still massively regarded film. Yeah. That's one of my favourite Robert Altman films as well. She didn't do the next film that he did in 93. So Robert Altman did three in a row, three mm. bangers in a row. He did The Player, Shortcuts, and Predator. She was in The Player and Predator, but she wasn't in Shortcuts, which is my favourite, weirdly my favourite one, aside from mm. The Player, uh, that, that no one fucking <laughs> really loves. Um, she wasn't in that she wasn't to do Mermaids which was monster because the film was that monster was huge. and then she had a number one for about eight years with a Shoop Shoop song yeah straight. Shoop eight Shoop fucking song oh you're knocking monster, dust yeah. you're knocking dust off shit in me brain know, here right? oh yeah. man Mermaids that was just, it would have been just after Splash when Splash was huge do you remember no Jesus no it's ten years it's over ten years in the difference between oh things. man so Splash was like 81 or something yeah. this was 1990 but wasn't there a bunch of those movies where it was like stuff like I, I think it would, uh, there was like where something changed into like a bog standard woman there was loads so of those films mermaid in mermaids though. yeah but wasn't she didn't she go from <laughs> a mermaid into a woman or a woman into a mermaid there was a bunch of these films like fucking uh, weird no, science I don't think so. as far as I remember mermaids was no actual mermaid in it no that's just what? it's a metaphor is it what's the film about mermaids and there's Splash and there's another one Splash I need, uh, I need I to know. open up me, me I'll double check here. but I'll double check but I know that it's the one the Christina Ricci's debut movie yeah because so, I remember it's, it's a bit of a kid oh, or something you plow on yeah. there you want to talk about that so nine years later it took for her to win in 99 she won her first Grammy with Believe which is not a good song no. I get it I get it and it was one of the big if ever we do a comeback like for artists that did a monstrous comeback, yeah. believe would be up the top. Mm. Like maybe like fucking Green Day, American Idiot, second as mm. monstrously huge comeback songs. So she won't grab me for that. The, the album is whatever. Um, one of the reasons I chose her over Lady Gaga is just because I like Cher more. It's just simple. Yeah. Simple. yeah. So in the last two years, what she's been doing recently, 
is she released an album called Dancing Queen, which actually got mad good reviews. I'm not going to be going straight into that because I know it's got the cover of Dancing Queen on it because mm-hmm. two years before that, she'd been in Mamma Mia. Um, 2017, three years ago, yeah, she got inducted. Sorry, I Got You, Babe, the song was inducted into the Grammys Hall of Fame. Jeez, remember that she as well. is a Tony Award away from the big EGOT. You know what the EGOT is? This will come up a few times in this, I think. Mm. EGOT is the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Ah. She's got the Emmy. She's got the Grammy. She's got the Oscar. But Tony is notoriously the hardest one. That's the Broadway one. That's the one you don't just get given by accident. Yeah. You have to do fucking the most work for Tony. So I don't know if she will ever have a, a Broadway, a Tony, you know what I mean? I, I, I she did the, the Mamma Mia film. She didn't do the fucking Broadway. Yeah, could be a bit late. I don't even know if Mamma Mia ever did that. But that was, um, did you find out whether she was a mermaid in that film or not? I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have my glasses on me and I'm having trouble here. Yeah. No, I, uh, I found the cover of it and she looks a bit like a mermaid, but she's definitely not a mermaid. She's just wearing some <laughs> weird shit. But I can't, the writing is too small right now. I'd say, I'm almost certain it's not about mermaids, so I have it confused. No, I think um, it's just, it's about like a, Mother trying to hold her. Yeah, it's about a, like a, a mad kid or something. That's what I'm reading here. Cinerizzi and uh, Winona Ryder are actually yeah. really. But that was a uh, share. I have a lot of time yes. for share, and I'm glad to put her on the playlist. Absolutely. But she's one of the that's, you know, like a lot of female pop icons, they are hugely involved in the LGBT community. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Equal rights and stuff like that. But I always feel like she was one of the really, really earliest ones to do it. And Big also, time. she uh, refused to play Russia because of that. Oh, very good. So, fair uh, play, yeah, share. Fair play, share. That's share huge. play. Also, though, even if you didn't agree, you don't want to lose half your fan base. But also, I do honestly believe her being mad sound. She just seems mm-hmm. super cool. Um, that is your amazing... Uh, Amazing singer and really genuinely great actress as well. So I think she deserves to be uh, at the top of my list. Who's you know, your first one? Uh, my first one is uh, I t- originally it was Harry Styles, and uh, then I realised Harry her. Styles. Yeah, well, it's not even whatever about it. It's just to get a new name in, into the the, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the podcast fucking legend. But um, and, and so we can say how do fellow kids <laughs> exactly how do and. Uh, it's, he's only done one film he done Dunkirk that's it now he had a big role in Dunkirk so uh, I ended up just scrapping him he was in a couple of bullshit fucking things yeah. as well, but I just I scrapped him I put uh, John Bon Jovi in he was maybe oh, yeah. he, he maybe 5% actor. better and uh, <laughs> maybe 5% better so uh, uh, John Francis Bongiovi Jr uh, born oh, bon, yeah, Bongiovi Bongiovi Pretty sure that's like Madonna's second name as well. Uh, I think it's not far off, actually. Yeah, Bongi Ovi Jr., uh, born in 1960. She's bong, bong Madonna. Bongi Ovi Madonna. <laughs> Fucking crazy name. It's deadly. Um, half like, half, uh, half Italian, half Serbian or something. It's family. Mad weird combo mm. of things going on. Uh, so, everybody knows John Bon Jovi. Again, I'm not really here to talk about his music, but what I want to I cover real quick is that he is a, his cousin... There's a guy called Tony Bongiogi, and uh, he was a massive record producer in the 70s and 80s. Now, we didn't know this until very recently. He was a huge, huge, huge record producer. And uh, like he produced records for Jimi Hendrix, Gloria Gaynor, The Ramones, Talking Heads, Ace Frehley, Shirley Bassey, Aerosmith, Ozzy Osbourne, Bon Jovi, The Goo Goo Dolls, the fucking across the belt. Uh, he produced, he done Rock at the Russia and Leave It Home for The Ramones, and he done Talking Heads 77. He also done Bark at the Moon. Like, this is the level of fucking producer we're dealing with. Mm. So apparently, uh, when John... I keep going to call him John Bon. Um, John Bon. Yeah. But when John was John a young... John Bonham. Exactly, yeah. Don't John Bonham. Uh, 
Um, when John was it's a young player, bon, it's Bon Giovanni. Bon Giovanni, yeah. Giovi, Giovi. There's no he A after the Should call his band Bon Giovanni. Well, apparently that's what he, that, that, that's what he wanted. He wanted to call the um, originally the band were called something like Fresh Eddie or something like that, and it's made sort of. Oh yeah, they always don't have these mad. Them. Yeah, they always have those mad names. Where you're like, get rid of that. No, don't except do that. Aerosmith probably had a better name. Uh, but you probably had a parent name, yeah, yeah. It's 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 Bungiovi because there's no A or anything like that after the V, so it ends on the V on the V. So it's Bungiovi, which is just the weirdest fucking name. You just um, thought it was Bon Giovanni. No, there's no A or N N. Oh right, like yeah. It's just Bung B O N G I O V I. Bungiovi. It's a mad fucking name. But yeah, his cousin has brought me in to work in the studio, and it was a young flip. and he was just sweeping the floor and learning how to be a tape up or whatever it is. But um. Tony, his cousin, the record producer, he was involved with this guy called Mecca, who was, um, uh, he, he would have been a fucking, like, one of the big uh, remix guys in the late 70s, early 80s. And right. they were given the license for Star Wars. So all of these, like, fucking Star Wars remixes of, um, all these fucking Star Wars remixes, uh, like, disco remixes of the team tune and shit like that, that would have been sold to like discos and the people at home were all made right. in this studio by your man Mego and fucking um, and, and Tony uh, John Bon Jovi's cousin so John Bon Jovi's first ever gig was pretending to be R2-D2 was singing a Christmas song um, <laughs> and so, so the song's called R2-D2 we wish you a Merry Christmas like it's, it doesn't make sense he has it not too bad Christmas song himself actually yeah it's not the worst it's not the worst um, but yeah so his first ever professional gig like was pretending to be R2-D2 that's um, fucking mental which that's is mental. fucking insane but yeah uh, he's, he's actually it turned out it was well he's related to Frank Sinatra um, somewhere <gasps> in the family tree which is fucked up as well by the way we should say there is so many links in this yeah. podcast tonight people linking back to other people well, actually, John Bon Jovi is responsible. You see, you know um, what we were talking about with like a Turn Back Time and all that, that big comeback album mm. for her? Uh, that was produced by John Bon Jovi. Him and, her, him and her are like bestos, like apparently like balls mm. deep, like not like riding, because he's had the same fucking wife since the 80s. He's one of the only happily married people in the world. And, he seems um, like a good dude. He's he does come across man. as a decent fella. I remember the first time I saw him. I won't, t- I won't say where the first time I saw him in acting because it's probably, presumably, it's going to come up now. It might do, yeah. It might do. But uh, yeah, yeah, I always came across the decent block. But yeah, he's um, he's kind of one of the people responsible for like egg and share. And like, you can fucking do it, share. Come on. Well, let's put some fucking bangers together. So yeah, he yeah. produced uh, that album for her. So apparently, well, um, the, the band Bon Jovi was always run a bit, a bit like something like the Dropkick Morphys, where there's like, a band leader and everybody else is paid. Right? All right. That's the way he always ran it. Um, that's why when fucking was it Richie Sambora and all, when they all fucked off, it wasn't that big of a deal. It just wasn't. So I just get someone else in. Because it they would were, look weird though. If I went to a game, would definitely look weird. Definitely. He wears a new little like, he looks like he's dressed as a geography teacher and obviously he's not going to wear that live now. But Yeah. Well, he's mad. He doesn't dye his hair anymore. He, just looks, he looks like an actual geography teacher now. He's grey, well, white hair and all. Yeah. <laughs> and um. So everybody just gets paid in the band. So apparently whenever there was like some sort of disputes over royalties or whatever, it was like, that's grand and you just fuck up and get someone else, you know? That's just the way it, way it always was. So uh, apparently this, this opportunity came up, this uh, Young Guns 2 came up and uh, yeah. they were cited. I think we might have talked about this in the podcast before. Um, someone, yeah, yeah, someone, someone asked, uh, someone put the word out, we need a fucking theme song for, uh, for Young Guns 2. 
And John Bon Jovi's like, well, listen, I fucking love the young guns. So uh, let me, give, give me a day or two. And he runs off and does fucking whatever the young guns bleeding song is. Blaze of Glory, wasn't Blaze it? Blaze of fucking glory. Like, it's actually the song I picked, it, you stupid cunt. All right. That's a great, that's a great song. It is a great song. So he wrote that in like two days or some shit like that. And uh, came well, back lyrically, in. it sounds like you wrote it in five minutes. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it really matters, does it? It's, no, it's, it's a savage, it works. savage riff, and the chorus is fucking <laughs> huge. Um, but it, wor- it works for this type of like, fucking movie. I was actually thinking I need to watch Young Guns or Young Gun and Young Guns Two again very soon because I loved them films. They were very much one of a kind movies back then. So I'm gonna watch them again. Um, so apparently he was on set when they were shooting it because they came up with the song before, kind of while they were shooting it. So uh, his first kind of acting credit, his first proper acting credit is that he gets shot by a baddie. Um, I remember that. I remember going, oh, John Bon Jovi's going to be yeah, in the film. Yeah, he gets shot like in the guts and takes like lets out a roar and falls. That's his first ever fucking mm-hmm. work. It's basically a glorified extra. <laughs> so in the 90s, there's a bunch of these movies where it's like... The, so the, the way I always look at these kind of musicians in movies roles is that there's two coins. There's the ones that makes, make the biggest deal about a musician being in them. So if you remember like Vanilla Ice done Cool as Ice and all this kind of shit where it's just, it's just a vehicle to sell yes. records eventually. Like I said, like, like that. Like, like, like that share shares, one. Exactly. There is early stuff with the Beatles and Elvis. And, exactly. Yeah. Like that's, so you've got those type of ones where it's just like, it's a joint music video or like it's just to make that person look cool or get them into fucking another medium, maybe make it for next to nothing. So hopefully sell a shit ton of copies and, <laughs> you know, he gets another album out but doing some fucking songs or whatever, sell some singles. Yeah, they're, they're basically heating up one iron off the other. Yes. What, this, whole, this whole playlist is really about people that yeah. tried to bounce or else just made a full break for it, but yeah. Exactly. So you've got those type of movies and you've got the movies where they're actually trying to act. Right, where they're like, I actually want to be an actor and I want to do this yeah. properly. So the ones in the nineties that John Bon Jovi were in were definitely of that one kind. Like they were definitely your fucking uh you know, it's John Bon Jovi and some some woman on the cover cuddling and it's like a rom com or something, you know. They yeah. meet meet in the rain after John Bon Jovi plays a gig with his imaginary band or whatever the fuck. It's all this kind of shit, you know. So it's it's essentially to give uh female fans but John Bon Jovi an insight into what it would be like if you were to actually meet Bon Jovi and got with him like you know oh my god this is the way it would play out there's a load of those type of films it's fucking nonsense because he's a good looking man you know what I mean and people fucking loved John Bon Jovi he does have a symmetrical (coughs) face that is roundy in the right places exactly so when it gets into the kind of early 2000s this is when Bon Jovi starts going like you know I might actually I might actually be into acting a little bit more I might do some actual acting as opposed to like the fucking faff that I done a couple of years ago, so he does a U five seven one, which is a fucking super submarine movie. It's a fucking great movie. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, he's in there. He's in Pay It Forward, and my personal favorite, he's in Vampires Last Mortos, which I fucking love. The vampire series of movies, right? I remember so, him from having like a, a good stint in Ali McBeal. He was in Ali McBeal for a good a while, good long stint yeah. in it. I used he to was, watch Ali McBeal, even though it's. It's not great. It's not. That's not good at all. Super white. The whitest show ever at the time. I remember. And she was fucking weird looking as well. She looked like she was fucking dying all the time. She did coin it. Yes. Yeah. Didn't she? What happened to her? What happened to her? I don't know. Maybe she did die. Because she looked like she was dying every single episode. It was like someone feed her and put some vitamins in her. Show her the sun. That's it. She was. All I remember now is that she was a lawyer. Dancing baby. Screen shaver. 
don't know. All I can tell you is that whenever I seen her, she looked like she needed a feed and she needed to be left out in the sun for an hour. She was just see-through and there was nothing left of her. Like cheekbones were like like horns coming out of her. But uh, Vampire's Lost World was the second was the second of the, the vampires kind of trilogy of movies. The first one being done, uh, written and produced and directed by John Carpenter. The first one is James Woods and it's a fucking fantastic movie. It's great bullshit. Oh, yeah. Great know. bullshit movie. It's going in that period of, uh, as Carpenter's kind of on the way out. He's like, oh, I don't know what, I, like the world doesn't really want my type of schlocky kind of horror anymore. And, uh, Idiots. You yeah, made him exactly. stop. You made him stop. <laughs> you made, made him movies. stop, exactly. So, like, around the time he would have been doing for Ghosts of Mars and stuff, which I like as well, um, which also has another musician, has Ice Cube, and I always enjoyed that movie. And um, another just bullshit throwaway movie. They're all perfectly fine. I, I, if you remember as well, uh, another tenuous link back to music from there is that uh, I think Anthrax done the theme song for Ghosts of Mars, starring Ice Cube, which is a weird one. Um, which is actually a good song, Antrax. That would have been John Bush here, Antrax as well. Uh, so Bon Jovi does Lost Mortos, which is the second, which is the second in the uh, the vampires, the vampire trilogy, and it's not directed by John Carpenter. Uh, it's a guy called uh, what's his name? Thomas, fuck Thomas Lee Wallace. His name is Thomas Lee Wallace, and he's been like a co-collaborator of John Carpenter for years, years and years, like going all the way, all the way fucking back. Um, he always like produced or helped write all of uh, Carpenter stuff going back. So Carpenter said, listen, I'm coming up with this idea for a set of movies. Here's the foursome with James Wood. You can be like an executive producer on it. And then I'm going to hand over the reins to you and fucking off you go. You take the sequel and do what you want with it. And yeah. he wanted John Bon Jovi to play the lead you role. Want, you want John Bon Jovi. Exactly. What a weird fine. thing. I'm out. I'm out anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So Wallace says, I want John Bon Jovi to be the main guy. He brings him in. They make one. There's a third one made by uh, someone else. I think Wallace and Carpenter just put their hands up by the time the third one came out. What a hot potato uh, <laughs> yeah, property they, there. Exactly. Guys. Well, I think there was just too much interference with whoever. I think it was New Line or something like that they were making. It. Well, like, we can't make the, fucking, the, the, the movies that we want to make. So just here, fin- here's the fucking third one. Um, here's the rights of the third one. And apparently the third one has nothing to do with the first two. Because the second one's connected to the first one. Um, they kind of continue on the theme. Um, now, Bon Jovi was fucking. The movie did not do well, right? The movie did not do well. I, John bon, sh- I for one, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. John Bon Jovi has never been in a film that done extraordinarily well, right? It just no. hasn't happened. Um, but he was lauded for his performance. They were like, he's actually pretty fucking good. Like, we might, why don't we like look at John Bon Jovi for a few other bits and bobs? So eventually, like I said, he goes up. He does Sex in the City, which I was surprised to find out this week. At nearly 40 years of age, it's sex and the city, not sex in the city. Yeah, I, I found that a couple of years ago, and I, yeah. I couldn't really believe it. Mind-blowing, and it's forever going to be sex in the city for me. I don't give a fuck about sex and talk the city. About, we should talk about the second one of those movies, which I haven't seen yet. We should do one of those things where we commentate while we watch something for the first time. Apparently, apparently we should do it. Anyway, go on. Really? Actually, uh, sex in the city, that links, that links your first one to my... Third one. There you go. So he does Crazy. Sex in the City. He does Ali McBeal. Uh, he does The West Wing. He does Torty Rock. Um, uh, I don't think any movie, I had a quick look. It looks like no movie that he's ever been in has gotten above like 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. He's so, not a good look. He's not a good look term for films. He is absolutely good. But God loves a tryer. And it's, it's not his fault, really, actually. It's not, not his fault. He's just, some people don't take like particular fucking musicians seriously. You know what I mean? They just don't. 
Like, yeah, look at look at the probably for me, probably one of the mo- one of the most successful crossovers was Will Smith. Yeah, but Will, Will Smith, Smith like obvious for this playlist. It's, it's way too obvious. But like he was acting and rapping at the same time. Yeah, there's a lot of people that want to go for it. They were already. I'll get into it later. Get yeah, later. and he was he was acting to pay a massive tax bill, or else he was going to jail. So like he had to force himself to get mad famous. So we didn't oh get. Oh God! Can you imagine Will Smith's jail albums if he had a torn down differently? Imagine. Yeah, we, we covered him before. He uncoursed once ever in a song. Yeah, it was, and, it, and, and it was a shit or something like that. It was like, yeah. you know, I'm sick of your shit, hey, or whatever oh, the fuck. <laughs> oh, Will, chill out, chill yeah. will, relax, man. When you put the gun away, off. Will, put your guns put, away. Anyway, that was John Bon Jovi. Who was your next one? My next one is 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 this is Matt, uh, young Marky Wellberg from um, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I am old enough to remember when Marky Mark was like not an actor. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. I do actually, genuinely do. It was like the early, 90, 91. Yeah. Um, he was in, uh, he was briefly in New Kids on the Block with his yes. uh, brother, Donny, before starting his own rap group, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Man, oh, so white. It is the white. Painful. It's, it's, Painfully so white. Song, he was so white that every vibrations. time, every time they took a picture of him, he had to have black people in the photo as well. Like every yeah, photo of him. Yeah, well, that's what you do, but that's like everyone's done that to be fair. Yeah, we'll get into that. That was 91, and uh, he had lyrics not, not in his particular song, but as a reason, I'm, I'm, I'm putting these lyrics out. Never wanted to rip a rhyme this much in my life, <laughs> but mugs act trife and try to live super cool, freeze them though they might as well be frosting. What because I'm the baddest white boy in Boston. Well, now here's the weird thing he was the baddest white boy in he, Boston yeah he was dangerous evil horrible fucker yeah? so we'll have to get into that now do so, so shout him the shout him the lie shout him the lie helmet the lie. now so three years before this career we talk about he was a 15 year old coke addict uh, racial fucking he just tor- tormented people racially yep and yep. he went to jail for it he did. So on numerous occasions, he was found literally targeting black and Vietnamese people, yep. racially abusing them and kicking the shit out of them, knocking them out and everything. Marginal. So um, I had to put that in there. Had to. Like, I can't get into we're talking about, like, he's starting his career in rap three years later, yeah. talking about being the baddest white boy in Boston when he's literally getting, catching charges for kicking the crap out of mm, the mm. ex uh, fucking. Military marine, uh, not marine, ex-military guy, Vietnamese guy. I think he, for, as far as I know, for like the US military, he's a private like. Wow. So, look, that's a ropey past, but we'll talk about what happened in the years since then. Okay, so. Yeah. He had, he had a little, after Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, yeah, sorry, my mouse is flying on some. What a name! What a name, Marky so Mark. Uh, he, uh, his, his that disbanded in 1993. The last appearance actually was a song "I Want You," which was featured on the Super Mario Brothers soundtrack. Now that film is a dumpster fire. It is. Uh, it is of, of epic proportions. Top he level. Started, he started a project with Prince Ital Joe. Is that how you pronounce it? You might know that guy. I know I've never said it out loud before in my life. He, yeah, he was a reggae musician who was also weirdly starred as like a henchman in a couple of Steven Seagal movies, but he was also 
on Death Row Records and appeared on a Don Machiavelli album, two bucks. Deadly. Um, but like I said, I've, I've read that so name, year, but I've never yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, I've seen it as well, but I never yeah. really looked into it. So a year after that, he made his TV debut in the film, uh, The Substitute, which was meh. But then he got the role of Private Tommy Lee Haywood in the Danny DeVito movie, Renaissance Man, which I thought was okay. Yeah, it's all right, yeah. At the time, it was grand. But then I remember him from Mickey from the Basketball Diaries, which right. got him kind of really good reviews, enough to get him his very first lead role in Fear, which if you're on Netflix right now, you'll see it being pimped right at the front. I saw Fear years ago. It's good. He plays years a, ago. a boyfriend who just starts to turn really, really bad, like yeah. really... He's a, he's a bad boy. And not in the Marky Mark and the Funky. <laughs> so that was 94. A year later, he's starring as a main role in Dork Diggler and Boogie Nights, which he was, yeah, I have to say, incredible. incredible. What a film. He was, it was almost like what he lacked in acting sort of came true. As it was better. The, na- yeah. the naivety yeah. as, a, as a porn star, just getting into it. Yeah. Um, he's been nominated for Oscars twice, 2007 The Departed and 2011 The Fighter. Mm-hmm. One neither because he's a big racist. <laughs> he hires, here's here's a couple of the missteps as well like right yeah he, in uh, in 2004 he made comments about the september 11th attacks that he instantly had to take back really? he said well if i was on that plane with my kids wouldn't have went down like that <laughs> he said it would have been a lot of forest blood would have been a lot of blood in that forest class cabin that's all i'm saying okay yeah we're going to land somewhere else safely. Listen, Don't worry Marky. about that. Well, you're going to land the plane yourself, Mark, yeah? And then afterwards, he wrote, you know what? Uh, that's a stupid thing to say. I don't know what people were feeling at that stage. In, yeah. In, in that's the, the, the publicist grabs him and just shakes the fuck out. Just shut the fuck up, Marky, yeah. Mark. He also repeatedly tried to get pardons for the convictions for the race-related stuff. And he then apologized. Yeah. For, get, for even asking for the pardons. Really? Yeah, because there was people, the, the, his victims were coming out going, like, I don't really know what you want. To, but the way we, it's not, he's not asking the pardons for, from them. He's asking mm. them from the state or whatever, mm. which was weird. He came out and said, okay, I shouldn't have asked. I should just still own what I did. Mm. I think he's trying to erase it from, from his record, from yeah. history. From Get it record. expunged or whatever they call it. Because he's a, he's a huge producer like now yeah. of movies. He produced Entourage and then he went, he actually did In Treatment, the TV show, which I really mm. with Gabriel, Gabriel Bourne. But uh, he is no doubt a great actor. And, you know, he actually, I really, really did. He, he got he, so good, like, to be fair, he, he got so good. He plays that slightly removed, yeah, uh, overthinking or underthinking Boston fucking hard guy. Yeah, I really liked him in I Heart Huckabee. So I think he was a fire. He, you know what? He wasn't even that bad in those fucking Transformers films. He really wasn't. Like, like it takes yeah. a particular type of actor to know that, like, right? You, you might have your, you might have like your face big on the poster, but like something that doesn't exist in the real world. This giant Optimus Prime that's like half robot alien thing is yeah. like the lead actor here, and you have to fucking run around for six months in front of a green screen, and like acts to nothing it takes a very yeah. particular type of person to do those big kind of 3d cg throwaway popcorn movies and to not like could just throw the towel in you know what i mean it takes yeah. a particular type of person to do that but he done well, that m night Shyamalan movie as well didn't he science or one not science uh, uh, the one after uh, science 
in the or something. Yeah, uh, the knowing uh, or something. Oh, the sugar. one where he, the one the famous gif where if you yeah. don't understand what someone's saying, he used that where he's looking up. The, yeah, where the planet like fights Marky Mark. Yeah, he has the perfect stupid face he when does. he wants to do that stupidly. Like I, I don't think he's. I think he's great. I think he knows his limitations. I do think he's got a mad ego. Like a I'll mad, tell you so. he, yeah. he puts himself into roles that you can. Like, I noticed that he put he uh, articles would always go. Mark Wahlberg is interested in playing and he'd be like Muhammad Ali or something. What are you talking about, man? Yeah, yeah. Don't be a dope. Wasn't yeah. that? It doesn't, that's just an example. I'm saying he always seems to be putting himself into the mad stuff. I'm pretty sure he played Max Payne in the movie about Max Payne. He did, yeah. He did. Yeah, I'm never, never going to watch that. Don't. Never don't. Watch that. Do not. That was, um, that was Marky Wahlberg who I have a kind of love relationship. I didn't know how deep his uh, Boston racist shit went, but it's, uh, that's pretty fucking grim. Boston back in the day, by all accounts, like an absolute hellhole and that's not to excuse him it's just he might have been a fucking he might he well made, have been he just made, made hell worse for people who exactly. are in hell exactly <laughs> um, he's like, fucking he's passing on his horse to someone else not cool but exactly. I don't think the way to make amends with that is to uh, then ask for pardons over the heads of the victims but whatever look yeah. fucking hell look I still like him as an actor producer I still don't really know what producers do they're the ones that make all the fit, shitty deals and all the shitty phone calls I guess maybe make sure t- things are edited the right way but uh, I think so that's, that's my uh, that's my second one Marky Mark who's your next one my next one is someone who was on on the podcast la- last week um, but we only touched off um, we touched off so, some of his kind of acting credits just in case uh, anyone was listening he wasn't on the but I always like, say yeah, that as well yeah. I go, like we chose him for the podcast. yes exactly we, <laughs> we picked a song of his and talked about him and it's, uh, it's Meatloaf he's back again he mentioned for the podcast Lost Art Podcast yeah <laughs> Meatloaf is back again uh, I picked Dead Ringer for Love I should probably tell people what songs we picked as well uh, oh, matter, I know it was just that's, I actually picked this song because it's not very good uh, but the main reason I picked it's it it's about is, six hours long isn't it yeah, all of them are yeah all of them Wagnerian rock I believe it's classified as that's right yeah, yeah. like Wagner being like the, the big epic kind of composer yeah. so it's yeah, Wagner, yeah. Wagnerian rock <laughs> Jesus Christ! But I picked that song because Cher is on it, and uh, we—I knew that you picked Cher, so we'll, we'll keep some 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 links yeah. between the two of them. Also, what's fucked about that song? That, if you're going to listen to this song, just listen to like three minutes of it and turn it off because nothing, nothing, it doesn't get any better, right? And uh, but does it at the start of it? I don't know whether that's Meatloaf or Cher singing. I don't know. They both—they're so close to each other, right? The honest to God, she's got a, she's got a uh, notoriously deep. I couldn't tell you who it is. Kind of I couldn't tell you. I was listening to it earlier. I was like, I don't know who that well, is. Well, I'll tell you, you'll know by who, like, Meatloaf has to warble a bit more, like, the vibrato kind of thing. Yeah. Cher doesn't have to do that. So You know, apparently, uh, apparently Meatloaf got signed by a record label because there was a rumour doing the rounds in the Los Angeles kind of soul scene that he blew out a monitor while singing. Like, he set a monitor on fire. Yeah. He was so loud. Um, like he belted out so hard that a monitor exploded. So all the record labels like, "Fuck, we have to get hold of that cunt." Like he's that. I don't know why loud equals good, but that's the legend. That's one of the well because they can play uh, certain other <coughs> venues. That, that was that was a thing with uh, Iron Maiden where Bruce Dickinson said there were certain singers who you wouldn't be able to hear at the end back of a venue. Really? No, I don't know how that makes sense. You couldn't sing louder than a fucking monitor or a speaker. Yeah. But apparently, no. like he, his thing was, I want people to hear my voice as yeah. well as the, my amplified voice 
So I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. It sounds, maybe it sounds like know. these roadie fucking stories, man. That's it awesome. could well be. Uh, so yeah, if you want to hear about like Meatloaf's early life and his music career and all, you just jump back last week to uh, Epics, and we cover yeah. uh, we cover Battle the Hell, the song off Battle the Hell album, and the whole Jim Steinman kind of debacle. Um, so, but suffice to say, he's one of the best selling fucking has one of the best selling albums of all time apparently and i read this in three different places in the last two weeks i don't know how fucking true it is now in 2020 but uh bat out of hell still sells 200,000 albums annually don't i know. don't know but i'm trying to think of it i'm trying to rationalize it or no idea no again you have to include digital downloads and cds whatever the fuck but apparently open okay, to- imagine it's including streaming it would probably stream me more than that. So I, don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. But it sells 200,000 copies per year, apparently still, which is, I don't know. That, that sounds a bit fucky to me. That sounds like he'd be, like, in 2020, it sounds like well, he'd maybe be. That's, maybe that's right. I don't know. Like, but that not put you in the fucking charts now, like physical sales. Two, for albums. Two. I don't but I don't know whether uh, like, uh, like charts now include streams. If they include streams, forget it. But if they Those, don't include they streams... They all do. Well, like, maybe what it is, it's hanging below the 50 level and we just don't notice it. Maybe, maybe. Hanging in the murky water, like a 51. Either that and it just gets taken out after a certain amount of time. We, we covered Prince before. Prince had something in the, in the charts for like 48, seven weeks before. Um, they just must just take it out. They have to yeah. just t- take it out make room for somebody else. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... We gave a, a brief synopsis last week of, of his musical history and uh, the kind of connection between Meatloaf being uh, much in the same kind of vein as Cher being one of these kind of singing, dancing entertainers. That's what he wanted to be. And his musical yeah. career is kind of absolutely 100% connected to his acting career because he got famous. Like the whole Bad Out of Hell album was made because he got a job. Um, he got a job on stage doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. And uh, I think his first proper like known um, acting credit on, on a movie would have been him playing Eddie on Rocky Horror Picture Show as well. So you'll hear I have Bang Bang floating around up here. He's cr- crawling around between my legs, hiding from the fireworks again. So if you hear weird noises, it's not me. It's, it's a dog. Uh, so, <laughs> I'd add their fucking torture. Uh, so Rocky Horror Picture Show was his first one. That was 1975. <clears throat> um, by 1979, he'd done a movie called America, uh, Americathon, which is um, John Ritter and fucking Fred Willard. It's kind of a comedy. And when I seen the cover for it, I was like, I remember oh, that. Really? You'd, you'd know the cover, 100% you'd know the cover if you seen it. Um, he went on, he'd done this weird fucking Roddy McDowell movie called Scavenger Hunt with uh, Vincent Price and Arnold Schwarzenegger was in it as well in 1979, which is a weird mm. one. I've never seen that. Um, he'd done one called Roddy, which I've seen, which is a musical comedy. Uh, that, and that had like Hank Williams Jr. and Alice Cooper, Blondie, fucking, that was his first proper starring role. I think I, I watched that. I didn't watch it in 1980 because I'm still living in my dad's balls. But i definitely seen it a couple of years later. Um, yeah. probably about 10 years later I seen it it must have been on TV or it could have been one of those fucking poxy VHS's that somebody recorded off the telly and left yeah, in their, we'd, their, their granny's house happy to watch it look at that on the telly there was nothing on telly telly stopped at half 11 like mm. you got the test screen until fucking 6 o'clock the next morning Once, like, do you remember when telly was over like you'd stay up late and telly would be over like that's in the way in, in the way back when by the 90s it now telly was it would have that funky music on UTV yeah. and a clock showing the time that blue screen with a clock yeah. it was over uh, he's done a movie called Out of Bounds uh, 1988 so then he goes on he does loads of like kind of shitty cameos uh, around the kind of late 80s early 90s would have been like the, the, the absolute peak of uh, 
musicians doing those type of fucking garbage movies I was talking about, your fucking vanilla ice stuff and your um yeah your, your, your fucking John Bon Jovi nonsense where it's just a picture of the of whoever the musician is on the front of it and who knows what the story's about. You know, he stole a truck and drove it across America. Can he find love or whatever? Absolutely, whatever yeah. you name it. You know, uh, fucking, he was a scuba equipment salesman in Idaho, where there's no water, and he makes a move to Long Beach, California. Join us on this fish out of water story. Whatever it was, whatever type of absolute bollocks that script that somebody could buy for a tenner. And they were like, this is going to, we're just going to like write Alice Cooper's in this now, and we're going to sell it off yeah. the back of Alice Cooper being in it. So we don't. Tons of those, tons of those, but it's was first big one into like, let's see, kind of pop culture. His uh, aside from Rocky Horror Picture Show, let's be honest, because that's fucking huge. It's first big. He was in the, I think, before he was in that film, wasn't he in the stage show? He was, yeah, that's where he got, he got yeah. signed to do Battle of Hell as they were, yeah, um, right, right, yeah. Uh, he got signed to do that while he was doing the stage show. He, I think he might have been playing two characters in the stage show, he was doing Eddie and someone else. I can't remember. Um, but his first big one was like in the case, Wayne's World, he's in Wayne's World. And yeah. uh, so people, kind of early 90s people start kind of remembering shit in 10 years ago. Because there's, there's a massive difference, I always find, with the music. Like, think about, there's not a massive difference between the music in, in 2010 and now, 2020, right? Like, a lot of the same artists are still kind of floating around. But whenever I think of, like, 1980 fucking tree to 1993, like, so much has happened in music that yeah. there's just, there's, there's valleys between them. There's still artists that covered both of those decades but there's valleys between what's popular now and what was popular then <laughs> and that definitely would have fucking brought him up into, into back into kind of zeitgeist of cool kids I, like, I knew who Meatloaf was from the music I didn't know anything about Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah he's such a unique character I can't really think of anyone else like Meatloaf no just, uh, I can't as a character like he's he's got that powerful Elton John is probably the closest thing probably really. Probably like again, it's it's uh, Elton John. I think he done some acting, but it was all garbage. It was all uh, cameo stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, so the sneakers, sneakers ad and all as well. Rocketman, Rocket Rocket. <laughs> exactly. I watched twenty minutes of it and I turned it off. I watched it. It's, it's whatever. It was fine. Nineteen ninety two does Leap of Fate with Steve Martin and Liam Neeson, which I loved that film when I was a kid. Um, about Fate Healer. Um, I can't remember that, yeah, I loved that fucking movie. He done a he done a weird one called Black Dog with uh, Patrick Swayze as well in uh, 1998, which is kind of fucky. And that leads to the 1999, which is probably his most famous role, and that's uh, Fight Club. He does Fight yeah. Club with Brad Pitt, Ed Norton, and Helena Bonham Carter. And, Robert Paulson. Yes. Um, it's just so fucking. He's so good in it. Like that was real yeah. acting he done it. Like, like <laughs> no, that's like, like cheap and everything else. You know, he's fucking brilliant in it. He's fucking well, amazing. He had to dis- suspend my belief that I was watching Meatloaf, which mm. is a hard thing to do considering he's got breasts. But it it worked, and I did forget for a minute. He, I, he's he Meatloaf. Was, yeah, he he's just a big big lad that's gone fucking mad, and they've given him a fucking way out. And it's so yeah. fucking good. Like it's so oh, Jesus Christ. Now I fucking I, I didn't like Fight Club when I first watched that. Really? Yeah, I didn't I like. Came it. Out, I came out of the film. I came out of the film and go, well, that's never nothing's ever going to top that. Really? Of course it did because I was young. Yeah, Every kid like if Fight Club has a bad fucking feel about it now because people go, oh, did you think that was the pinnacle of films as a kid? And you're like, oh, yeah, but that's okay because I thought fucking. T- fucking video drone was when I saw that as well like whatever you go through phases yeah. of thinking that is the best film you have ever seen because that's how 
fucking your life goes yeah. on, you dope. I only but watched, yeah, vid- I watched uh, video drama about three weeks ago. It's so good. It's it is. amazing. It is. But, but I know it's the thing about Fight Club popping up with people slagging. People slag Fight Club because it's fucking... You see, you see two kinds of people slagging Fight Club. I don't hate Fight Club. I just wasn't mad enough when it came out. But no, I also, but I, also it, like, I don't like Seven either. I don't like Seven, the movie. That's a great film. I just don't like it. I, I don't know. Just never but, uh, done it for me. It's the same reason, like, it's not even Fight Club fans. Got, where, like, they're the, Fight Club fans are the movie equivalent of Tool fans. So that's the problem there. Mm. They went on about it going like, oh, you just wouldn't get it. Like the way Donnie Darko did as well. Fight Club I hate fans, it, Donnie Darko. Yeah, Donnie Darko, I don't think it's as good as people. No, it's not. It's not. Now, I, I fucking, listen, I read most of fucking Chuck Palahniuk's uh, books and all, and I enjoyed fucking yeah. all of them. Um, I didn't read his uh, last two, I was having that time. But uh, I've read most of his books over the years, and I, 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 I get what he does, you know, like fucking Bukowski on acid instead of wine. I get it, you know what I mean? I like it. But uh, I don't know, there's something about that film, but I, I, I have learned to like that movie over time. I think I had to like break the skin of it much in the same way as like something like Sixth Sense where once you get the kind of twist at the end of it it's like okay now we can just watch this as I'm not trying to figure it out you know I'm not the only I just love the David Fincher style of insomnia fucking yeah. directing where it's just lights flickering the dank. fucking lights man yeah, yeah there's always mould in the corner and the light flashing <laughs> yeah uh, and so he does Fight Club in 1999 gets real fucking big again after that people start talking about meatloaf he goes on he does uh, one of the, the last big things he done was uh, the 54 State with Samuel L. Jackson and Robert Carlyle which is actually not a bad film either um, it's, got, it's got Anfield I'm a Liverpool fan I'm happy that's right it's not I enjoyed it at the time it's a, another one of those kind of standard early 2000s came out on DVD and I bought it I never seen it in the cinema or anything mm. like that. It was, but I was buying stuff off cdwell.ie, you know what I mean? Because they'd sell shit for the You know what? It's funny because I listened to the exact words you say, but uh, <laughs> this kind of sounds weird. But most people I mentioned that movie, people go, yeah, Adam, one of Adam Sandler's best films. Like, no, not 54 States. <laughs> 50, 54 yeah. States. The 54 States. Yeah, 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 now, yeah. To be yeah. fair, they roll off tongue the exact same way. Yes, like, yes, 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 yes. Bon Jovi, yeah, Bon Jovi, right. Bon Jovi, yeah. Bon you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but TV-wise, he's done a load of TV stuff, actually. And he didn't always play himself, which is one of the things that was interesting about it. A lot of these um, musicians end up playing themselves on, especially stuff like Ali McBeal and, and, and fucking shit like that. They end up just... You know, they they walk into a scene or someone's a, a lawyer and their firm is representing them. It's like, oh, here's fucking Vince yeah. Vaughn or whatever. Like, he's he done a bit of that already. But like a lot of the time he played a character. He's done, um, he done the Equalizer, the original Equalizer um, on TV. He had a role in that. Uh, he was Wait, in Tales from the Crypt. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Tales from the Crypt. Uh, which everybody done a Tales from the Crypt. Like, yeah, I was going to say, I can see that. At some stage. Uh, he done a couple of episodes of Nash Bridges. Oh, do you remember that? Remember I used to watch bridges. that the odd time. Oh, I watched it all the time. It was grand. Loved a bit of like, fucking that shite Sky One Monday Night Garbage. Big fan. Oh, Big yeah. fan of all that. There was another one that I think might have been like... So you had Nash Bridges and Walker, Texas Ranger and all that type of shit. There yeah. was one, there was one uh, with Sammo Hung, the fucking Chinese Kung Fu guy. He was a mate of Jackie Chan's. And I can't remember what it was. I think it was a spin-off of either, of either Nash Bridges or... Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, and he got his own show where he was like a copper. Yeah. It slightly, sounds slightly more like Nash Bridges for some reason. Can't, I have to figure that out and it's bothering me because it was a great show. I don't know how long it ran for, but so I was always a big Sam Hung fan because I loved all the Jackie Chan movies. And Sam Hung was like, because he was a big fucking, big giant fucking flabby cunt and he was doing backflips and all. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, he was just deadly to look at. Uh, what else did he do? He done Outer Limits. Obviously, everybody done fucking Outer Limits. He done Masters of Horror with John Carpenter. Um, okay. with John Carpenter was one of the actor, one of the directors from Masters of Horror. John, to be fair, John Carpenter's Masters of Horror episode was probably the only good Masters of Horror episode. Um, he yeah, done you Monk. Know, I come back and try and remember it. I really can't remember much about it. Masters of Horror for the original run. No, um, no, the, the Carpenter episode. I know, okay, the, no, I know it's a lot of it, the best one. It's, it's, yeah. it's definitely the best. The rest of them are man, whatever. Uh, and then he done a couple of episodes of Monk as well, which is obviously Monk was fine. Monk's a great show. Yeah, Monk's a really good show. Exactly. It's, it's fucking. You're, you're never going to turn it off because it's always interesting. It's written well, it's acted yeah. well. Everybody done that. But that was Meatloaf. Like I said, I wanted to run through a couple of bits and pieces that he done because he's done yeah. a fierce amount for a guy who was like mostly known as a as, as a singer, as a musician. Like his list. Again, I, I just reeled off 20 titles there, and that's fucking a quarter of what he's done. He has a massive yeah. fucking list of, uh, of of acting credits, like, monstrous. And he's worked yeah. with some great people, like fucking John Ritter and Vincent Price and shit. Like, Jesus he's a likable guy. He's a likable guy, for the he most seems, part. Seems like he's fine. He tore, he's fucking bat you if you're not pulling your weight or whatever, because I'll get into that now in a minute. Fucking yeah, he seems e- like... eat you. Um, who's your next one? So, my next one is someone who was relatively unknown singer on a Disney cruise ship who went from having in the space of four years when people finally knew who she was mm. in the four years Oscar and a Grammy that's well, mental well so some people will know automatically who I'm talking about it's Jennifer Hudson she uh, 2004 she was working uh, as a singer on a cruise ship Disney cruise ship Try to just uh, try to in a cocktail bar. Bar, yeah, yeah. Decided to sing a trailer for American Idol season three. Mm. American Idol is obviously at the first five seasons were the ones where you really could make it. Like yeah. probably probably four run as well. Maybe I don't know. I don't, like all things, the person who won it didn't be really. You know, it's a it's a race or it's yeah, a, it's a battle, not a war. No, it's a war, not a battle. Fuck yeah. it, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's a war not a thing. battle. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> she didn't win the show, but she gained a massive, massive following from that. People mm. really liked her. I remember watching, I re-watched the, her, her audition for this. She did a, an Aretha Franklin song. song and she came out, she had loads and loads of confidence. And Randy kind of threw a question at her. Was, you know, you're going to have to be better than like a cruise ship singer. And she's like, uh, yeah. No it's problem. Really to throw at someone. It's like, well, that's literally what I am. So mm. it's be better than what I had. Stupid bastard. Yeah. You know, you're saying that and booting away. Um, that was 2004. And a year later, without being signed, without winning America Little, she tried out for the role of Effie White in the Dreamgirls, oh. the, the Broadway kind of yeah, thing yeah. they made into a movie with Jamie Foxx and Eddie Murphy yeah. and Beyonce. Tried out for that, got the role. Deadly. That's massive. Still no record label. I will say this, she had a record label before she went on American Idol. It was a tiny one where it didn't release anything. They were like, yeah. She was like, I have to leave this record label so I can go on American Idol. And they're like, yeah, whatever. We're never mm. going to make it. See you later. Boy. Oh, born. Anyway, she uh, went on, did that movie. It was absolutely fantastic in it. And it's a good film, despite the fact that her big song in it, I Won't Go, whatever it's called, it kind of grates on your ears. Because mm. you know when someone does a high note in a, a song? Yeah. They can't do it seven times. <laughs> yeah. That's too much. Yeah, exactly. Just to, to pick, pick out one, like Dear Whitney Houston, where you yeah. know, yeah. it's like fucking, I don't know, it's going to say Tony Hawks. But stop ho- you stop hurting me. <laughs> you, you do your big move in wrestling or whatever at the end. You don't do it at the start <laughs> and over and over again. Yeah. But she did a fucking great job being in that movie. Won the Oscar. 
unbelievable. This was still yeah. before she was signed. The whole idea of the movie is that how, how great a phenomenal mm. of a singer she is. Still not signed. So, again, before she was signed, she one of her first performances on a record mm. was Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell 3. <laughs> on the song The Future Ain't What It Used To Be. And it's actually quite a good song. I was watching some clips, yeah. but that's where, that's where I came up with the, the idea that Meatloaf might be a bit of a fucking prick in the studio. But he's just more of a get the fucking thing done. Yeah. And he's referred to him a couple of times. He fucking went, that was my fault. That's roll again, roll again, roll again, roll again, roll again. Yeah. And he was like, cameras, cameras, sorry. I was like, get the fuck out of here, cameras. No, he was like, oh shit, I was like, Meatloaf's a bit of a dick. He's yeah. not though. He's just getting shit done. So, on Battle of the Hell 3, before she's record label, finally someone Signed her, mm. you know. I think it was two thousand and seven. Yeah. Now I say finally someone signed her. I'm sure there was people banging her door oh, yeah, every yeah, single yeah, day. Yeah. She's on Meatloaf. Meatloaf obviously either saw uh, Dream Girls or was on this going get her on. So who signs her? It's Clive Davis, of course, mm. of Arista Records. So he signs her to the J Records subsidiary, mm. the one that Aretha Franklin was on. Mm. Um. If anyone doesn't know Clive Davis, it's a really good documentary on about now. Uh, I think it's song songbook could be the name of it. Um, talks all about Clive Davis uh, as an A and R man, a guy who signs people, who kind of talent scout and sort of someone who brings people up. He signed Janis Joplin, uh, Bruce Springsteen, instrumental to start his career. Uh, signed Pink Floyd, Whitney Houston, really brought her up. Uh, Westlife randomly as well. Mm. Um, so. We knew her debut was going to be big when yeah. it did eventually drop into 2008. And being put into, when you got a voice like that, you don't put them with a crap producer. You don't put them with crap songwriters. Yeah, yeah. She gets a Grammy straight away. Best yeah, R&B yeah. album. So that's 2008. So in a four-year period, it's 2004, she, she tries out for American Idol. 2008, she's got her Grammy and Oscar. That's fucking Fuck. insane. That's mental. So... Like I was saying, like Cher, she got the Oscar before she got the Grammy, which is mad yeah. when they both started out as singers. Um, 2000, 2008 was massive, massive for, for Jennifer Hudson. I have a lot mm. of time for her. I really like the vibe. She seems quirky and, and kooky and, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And uh, just full of confidence. Um, so 2008, Oscar, Grammy, Golden Globe, signed to her hero's label. Just got engaged to NXT wrestler David Otunga. I don't know much about David yeah. Otunga. But so that's like the pinnacle of your life being the best it could possibly be. Yeah. And then the next day, the worst your life could ever be. Oof. When the full on dramatic music kicks into the documentary <laughs> at this point, her mother, her older brother, were found shot dead oh. at their home in Chicago. What? An Amber Alert was sent out for her nephew who's her sister's seven-year-old son, who was uh, missing from the house. Three days later, the child was found shot dead. Fuck And the hell. stepfather, Hudson's older sister, as a strange husband, was charged and found guilty of the triple homicide, just three, three life sentences in a row. So that's like after your life going, literally. So a month after she was engaged, after all the shit being absolutely incredible, yeah. your ma, your brother, and nephew, from some psycho Lula. And I watched another a bit, I watched, I did a lot of research on, on this one because I really wanted to, to know like how you bounce back from that. Yeah. When your career is just taken off. And I watched her on uh, Oprah and she was like, oh, I don't blame him at all. He, he had an awful upbringing. He had nothing to look forward to at all. I, I don't really blame him at all. Like, Holy shit. Wow. She's like, like, she's like, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think that gives him a reason to do what he did. But yeah. uh, as far as I can tell, I never liked him. She goes, I never liked him. But he, I knew that he had nothing. 
I've never yeah. had anything going from her like that. Like, fuck, that's fucking that's hell. I don't know how she she overcomes that because the year after she has an album out and you know I don't think Jennifer Hudson's songs have been she has a song Spotlight is pretty good yeah. yeah but I don't think we're, it's weird she's got the Oscar she's got the thing she is so fucking talented yeah but I feel like maybe you know what this might be this might be me being old mm. and not realising that she did the bangers that, that let's say Cher <laughs> or Britney Spears yeah. have whatever like that so 2013 she received the uh, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is actually pretty pretty cool. Very cool. Um, the song that changed her life, the one that she auditioned to, was uh, an Aretha Franklin song, like I said. She ultimately was chosen then to star in the biopic by Aretha Franklin, handpicked mm. by her to do it. And then when Aretha Franklin passed a couple of years ago, she sang uh, her funeral. So it's a kind of been a really mental ride yeah, of yeah. like of 14 years for Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. Mad. I have a lot of time for her, like I said, uh, absolutely amazing <laughs> dream girl. As I liked her. From the start, uh, and she she won the Oscar and Beyonce didn't. So, mm. huh. <laughs> who's your next one? Uh, another uh, fucking Disney star, child star, kind of went up. It's uh, Miley Cyrus. Um, oh, those again. are two two dif- two different starts in Disney. To be, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to exactly. be fair, yeah. <laughs> um, Miley Cyrus, uh, I picked Party in the USA because it's, it's fine. Um, so obviously, Miley Cyrus kind of started off as a as an actress still in Hannah Montana. She's from 2006 to 2011. And that was one of those kind of singing, dancing, acting, like fucking Billy Barry skill, a fucking Hollywood type of bullshit, you know? Yeah. Didn't, doesn't matter what the, like, uh, and not only was it singing, da- dancing and acting, you're talking about like books, video games, fucking like uh, movies, uh, like you name it. Like fucking clocks. And when I got to Poland and I stay in her grandmother's house, which is, um, we stay in her grandmother's house for like a day while we wait in our rental house to be ready. We always arrive a day early. The spare room that we stay in has this Hannah Montana clock on the wall, right? And I, <laughs> I, I swear to God, it's the loudest, cheapest bag of shoy ever. And it won't, I've been going there for years and this thing is going to outlive us all, this clock. Probably still has the same battery and all in it. It probably runs without a battery. It's fucking painful. So I know Hannah Montana's born into my fucking head. I didn't know, this is stupid because I mean, again, it's not my, not my ear not my knowledge I didn't know it and I did not know that Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana were the same person right until a couple of years ago it just like, I, I had heard of Hannah Montana because I have nieces but I did, yeah. I'd never seen an episode of it like I was out of the house by the time my niece was really born you know what I mean I think I learned about Hannah Montana and unlearned before I learned and unlearned who Miley Cyrus was quite possibly was, neither one hooked I cared enough about to to put those two connections together. Yeah, very like someone saying, "Did you know this connection goes with that uh, cable?" Like, don't care about either of those two things. So exactly, exactly. So it's like I think it's around two thousand and fucking ten where she starts kind of shedding this good girl image, right? Yeah, where she's uh, she's going under her own name. I think she had a crossover period where she was like fucking Miley Montana Cyrus or something weird like that she had like no I think I'm pretty sure I thought she dropped it all in one go with that I, I think there was like one album where it was like Miley Cyrus sings Hannah Montana or something like oh, that, that, that that's was, right that's right she she was easing was, it in yeah there was some like exchanging of batons there yeah, somewhere along I'm the not line. sure Are Disney I don't think Disney were too happy with that I, yeah, I highly doubt it they yeah, didn't really so. see what was coming yeah, of course they didn't. Jesus <laughs> Christ, they didn't. no one did. Uh, so around 2010, she's just like, I'm a whore now. 
and I'm just gonna start hearing and get me tits out and just being mad. And the world's like, holy shit, like this is savage. Not because she's hearing and getting her tits out. It's, just, it's mad refreshing to see someone that like came from like the the fucking school of Minnie and Mickey, like actually living a fucking life and enjoying. Like if their entire like childhood was spent on sets and getting tutored in fucking trailers and like that, yeah, that. Like, presumably Hannah Montana's like fan base were then wearing similar clothes to Waves or whatever that, they were. I, 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 I don't know what they were doing. She's grown up the way they're grown up. Exactly. So people want people want their pop stars to be the next generation's idols as well. Exactly. It doesn't work like that. People sports. evolve and they yeah. move and they grow up. Exactly. So yeah. by twenty ten, she's find, like find cocaine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So by twenty ten, she's like, I'm fucking over this. Like, I'm fucking done with this. I'm going to do my own thing. So uh, we covered her. I think she's been on the podcast twice. <coughs> this is this is her third appearance, fourth appearance. Yeah, could could well be. Um, talked about our music stuff again. You want to find out about our early stuff and the stuff she's done with Dead Pets uh-huh. and all that. I like. Come on, find that later on. We're not doing that today. Um, yeah. so, uh, she's as I said, she's always doing fucking acting. It's always been a thing. Um, and she she kind of slowed down. She seemed to make the conscious decision to kind of stay in the family business and say, I'm, I'm going to be a musician. And every now and again, do you know what? I might just do a little role. That's kind of cool if I think, if I think I'm going to like it. So I think that one of the first things she done would have been um, Big Fish. She was in Big Fish. Oh, um, yeah. With Ewan McGregor. She was in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she done a movie called The Last Song, which is another one of those, you know, she's on the cover. Will she find love, you know, working in a little fishing town like this type of thing, whatever the fuck it's about. She's also a singer. Yeah, it's one of them garbagey fucking nonsense. You could have used their talents if their talents are spread yeah. across to, to uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, she okay. does uh, the night before, which is actually, I actually like that movie. That's um, Joseph Gordon Levitt and Seth Rogen and Anthony Mackie. Um, she's oh, in that, yeah. it's just a garbage kind of uh, I think, I think, is it a Christmas film? I can't remember. I think it's a Christmas film or a New Year's Eve film or something like, something like that. Yeah. But it's just one of them garbage kind of stonery drug movies, which um, I, I do enjoy. Um, that are fun all the time. She's not great uh, fucking, actually, I, I'm not going to like it. I haven't seen it. But by all accounts, it's fucking, it's very interesting. A thing called Crisis in Six Scenes, which is a mini series that was written and directed by Woody Allen for Amazon. And she was in that. Um, uh, Woody Allen. Yeah, I know. Let's just not talk about Woody Allen. But God, how, how old are you again? Oh, yeah. God, no, oh God, you're too old. No, you're too old. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think Woody Allen gives a fuck about fucking little children anymore he's too old um, I don't think that part just of makes him more works. into it <laughs> maybe maybe Sorry. we're going to make a movie about it instead how he felt about it 30 years ago um, but apparently that was very interesting that crisis in 16 it's supposed to be real fucking weird which is interesting just quickly I wonder like we're talking about the, <laughs> I wonder how many times we've ruined someone people loved on the in oh, maybe. Podcast. Maybe. Like right now, Marky Wahlberg, people are finding out he used to batter people, yeah. screaming the N word at them, knocking his shit out. I think he killed yeah. someone. I think he killed someone. No, he didn't. Did he no, not? He, he knocked someone out badly with a piece of wood in the back of their head. The attempted murder thinking, or something this, like that. As, as we were just saying this, like, I'm thinking, oh, how many people, like Woody Allen, like, I wonder how many people he wrecked. Like, maybe. But you know what? Well, you can't, if you like someone that much, the, you should know. The truth. Yeah. And also, the truth is the truth. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Like, I only found out today about that rapper I like, um, Kodak Black, how much of a scumbag he is. Can't listen to him anymore. Can't listen to any Kodak Black songs anymore. Can't do it. Um, and oh, I literally only found fucking, out today. Uh, what's his name? Fucking that rapper. Jesus Christ. My brain just gone to shite now. 
Which was like, I was sneezing for ages just while you were talking there. I put the volume down. I was like sneezing. And I came back. And I swear to God, I think I've lost about an hour of the last <laughs> last hour is gone now. Uh, fucking oh, uh, another scumbag uh, rapper. Remember, fucking, you came back with that big banger with Mark Ronson. It was like, who did that? Juice the juice, juice the juice. The juice, the juice, the juice. Oh fuck, and, um, mystical. Mystical, yeah, he's a mad yeah. scumbag. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So him, Watch yeah. yourself. He, yeah. he, I, I, I was going to pick him on a podcast re- a while ago. So good. I read, up, so I read, good. I read up, and I read up about some of the stuff he's like, I'm not picking him. I'm not yeah. promoting him anymore. Yeah. And Feel good in this motherfucker. Feel right. It's what a song. For- <laughs> yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so I ruined myself. I, with this podcast, I ruined him on me. So yeah, happens, to, me, so. happens to all of us. Um, what the fuck? Yeah, so she done that Woody Allen thing. She was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 as well, uh, volume 2. I don't like that film. It's fine. It's, it's all it's style and less substance to me. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. the first one an awful lot, but the second yeah. one was like fucking Ninja Turtles too, where it's like, just say Cowabunga again, just say 18 it just, times. It just looks the part, but it doesn't yeah. feel... There's nothing yeah, in right. it. Just, yeah, it looks it. There's not much in it. It's fine. Like, it's grand two hours of garbage and Kurt Russell's in it. I pretty much watch him and everything. Even on this, he's not even being very Kurt Russell-y. Um, yeah. But it's just that that dumb bananas numbers that movie just because it's the second course, one yeah. like you know and yeah. every character in every likes you know uh, so yeah like I said 2010 she kind of she's like you know what I'm just gonna go here and for a couple of years she's kinda, she's sober now actually um she gave up gargling a couple of years ago doesn't do anything um doesn't smoke doesn't she nearly uh, wrecked her voice drinking a smoking more so smoking and uh, like going out in sessions for like a week on end like she sounds mad now. Like her voice is proper, like, rah, rah, rah. it's all gravelly and well, shit. Like, I remember when she was like getting into that railway, Nicki Minaj at the yeah. MTV Awards. It's like, and another thing, this one over here talking about how I'm like, what's good, man? It's like, you know what? I didn't say, you know how the media twist things. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't me. I didn't say, what the fuck? Yeah. She sounds like bleeding. She um she Darth done mad Vader. damage yeah she done mad damage to her voting cords she actually had her voting cords I think uh, scraped out there a couple of years ago she had like an operation Jesus. um on her vocal cords all the, all the Mickey's guys yeah all the all the fucking jeep and hash resin has... hash resin and fucking whatever else I'm gonna catch some heat for that I'm sorry uh... <laughs> like whatever it is I have to scrape all that off her fucking vocal cords and she still doesn't sound right um she wanted to concentrate on fucking singing and riding off she goes um, she, she just got divorced there didn't she was it Chris Helmsworth or something I like that I don't even know who she was married to fucking Taurus Rudder that is oh yeah he's right. like, okay. yeah or no he's okay. Liam Helmsworth isn't it or Chris, right, yeah. Chris, Chris Helmsworth is, Chris is Tor is, Chris is Tor yeah. and Liam I think Liam Helmsworth his brother I think he might have been acting longer than him but he's like the younger brother it's something weird there. anyway it doesn't matter who cares uh, so she done cameos in Sex and the City 2 as you were talking about earlier that's right. I meant to mention that uh, Jennifer Hudson yeah. had also been in the movie Sex in the City as a uh, Carrie's uh, tech, tech savvy PA. Yeah, uh, she done. There was a billion fucking uh, Miley Cyrus kind of on tour documentaries and stuff like that as well. Like that, that's not I really. I reckon she's mad sound. By all accounts, she's fucking she's mad bang on. Yeah, like no. how many we know loads of girls that are just like, oh, look, look, I do this mad job. Let's talk about it. But I go nuts on the weekend. Now they don't all have a camera in their face unless they're putting it in their own face, like which a lot yeah, of them yeah, Snapchat stories. But maybe fucking maybe Miley's just like regular. Regular. Well, well, I think I think she's definitely settling into being regular now. I think she had her fucking ten years of batshit. She and, didn't we all? Uh, yeah. Not when I had the money to do the things. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ, if we had had that money, it would have been silly. 
I'd be dead. I'd be dead now. If I wouldn't anything, even take that much any, more money than what I yeah, earned to kill me. I know, that, yeah. that, let's be honest. So, if anything, Miley Cyrus is actually more responsible than the two of us put together. Quite possibly. Well, she also had like a fucking, a plethora of fucking record labels, scumbags and bouncers probably around that. You know, pulling her off the fucking the, the skip of cocaine that they just bought oh, or whatever. Putting um, her on it. Putting her on it, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, she was in one particularly good episode of Black Mirror as well. Still um, that uh, yeah. Now, here's the thing. I don't think Miley Cyrus is a great actress. She's, uh, she's fine. I don't know if I've ever seen her in. I bet, yeah, I bet she's not. She's just... Oh, I, haven't, I haven't seen a single thing she's been in. Yeah, I, there you go. <laughs> I genuinely haven't seen one second of her acting, but I, I can imagine. I actually, like some her songs are grand. I like, I do like. The, I like when she annoys people in the media, but yeah, I haven't seen a single. Yeah, episode. me too. Um, yeah, that like that that episode of Black Mirror is very interesting. It's she kind of plays two two versions of herself or something. It's fucking weird. Um, uh, of course it's weird. It's Black Mirror. But, do, uh, do you know what though? Like, I can't do the thing where like, people are people still people my age still get like excited about this. Like, a pop star is doing a thing they wouldn't normally do. Yeah, man, yeah. I've seen this since the eighties. I've seen it since yeah. Debbie Harry was fucking yeah. video, video drama. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. I love when that happens, but it's good. Do you remember so how? Do you remember how good. good Debbie Harry looked in video drama? Maybe, especially when you're a young. <laughs> Jesus Maybe. Christ! Like, no, what I'm saying is, Jesus like, I, we've, I've seen, people still get super excited about Lady Gaga being an American Horror Story. I'm like, you know, why? Like, American what? Mad American Horror Story. Oh, that's I'm right. Like, yeah, she was good in that though. No, she was good in it, and mm. like, she is. I'm actually surprised. Maybe. Well, I can't get away. Maybe she will appear in this episode. I don't know. I know she was. I doubt it. I know she was near. Maybe she is actually. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, uh, yeah, like like you were just saying, it's like she's thrown into Black Mirror. I think that all fucking people like me think we're fucking clever for watching. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was a pop yeah. star on it. Yeah, and the same. I, same I, same way I, fucking uh, Ed Sheeran turns up in Game of Thrones. And like, oh, okay, do you remember that? He starts singing a song as well. Even make a, if he was just in it, it'd be alright. But he has, yeah. to, he has to sing a song. Shut the fuck up. Stop making this terrible show worse. Um, <laughs> but the, the the thing about Miley Cyrus for me, uh, the main reason I picked her is that I think she's like the prototype for the modern age kind of as we're talking about share that kind of all singing, all dancing, all acting type of thing. Because yeah. you've got it's fucking 2020 her, her kind of heyday let's call it 15 years right um so it's 2006 is when she started hannah montana and it's 2020 now let's call it flat even fucking 15 um let's say fucking uh like y- y- you've got other mediums as well that she's active on and doing stuff on so she's not just like on the disney channel or whatever mini mouse club or yeah. whatever the fuck about she's doing like she's on the fucking internet as well so She's just producing she's got eight different lunchboxes where her face on it. Exactly. But she's just <laughs> you can imagine like that poor girl being whatever the fuck she was, fifteen, sixteen, and just like right at six o'clock in the morning, group, you've got you've got to be here in half an hour and you don't get to go to bed at twelve o'clock at night. And it's just bam 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 because it's, the, it's, the internet course, people want to talk to you. Do drugs, uppers, downers. Of course all, you are. All the crazy pills that kids do nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Up, uppers downers. I love saying up. Uppers downers. <laughs> S- ciders. Um like like it's yeah, I can't anyway listen, that's fucking it's Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I just think she's like a prototype for like the modern era kind of uh all rounder. She's a proper multimedia star, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, she's not a very good actress, God help her. Who is your <laughs> next one? My next one is someone I've wanted to have as a choice again, much like Cher. Uh, 
I know you picked Cher before, but I've never picked this person. Neither of us have. No. It's one of my favourite artists of all time, musically. Not so much acting, but I love the films he's in. Mm, mm. It's Tom, Tom Waits. Uh, the unmistakably gravelly voice blues mm. jazz singer you may or may not know. I've been a massive fan of Tom Waits since as a kid. I think I mean, my dad was into him. My brother-in-law went, oh, he's like Tom Waits, I've got an album. And it stayed in my gaff. And play, it was played once a day. Whenever my mom was doing cooking or something like that, yeah. Tom Waits' closing time was on in on CD in my uh, 80s and 90s, late 80s, 90s, I'd say, yeah. was on. I was like, oh my God, like that song, Marta is one of the best, Marta's the song I picked, mm. is one of the best songs I've ever heard and it's really sad because he's like, are you calling up an old ex and asking her how she's doing and it's a one-way phone call? Unreal. And it is. Yeah. It's still to this day one of the saddest songs I've ever heard and I absolutely love it. I tell yeah. you this, I fucking am ashamed to admit that I have never in my entire life listened to a full Tom White song. What? I, I know, I know I have to. It's, 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 he is on the list for one of the podcasts we talked about doing ages ago, and that's people that just passed you by. Oh, right. Just, yeah. I, for some reason, that, that no one in my circle, that. no one in my circle had any interest and no one ever mentioned them to me in my formative years. And it's, yeah, I, if, it, if you think about it the way I just said it, like it was just in my kitchen. Yeah, I never if hadn't. If it hadn't have been, but that's the thing about Tom Waits. He's not. He's not. He's kind of a cult kind of. Very people, much. Yeah. People who know Tom Waits forget that other people don't know him at all. Yeah. He's not Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. He's about one. One one thousandth of maybe the popularity of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I. Don't, I, don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I just, I just know that yeah. from the bits I have heard. Like I listened to this song earlier, um, but I didn't get to yeah. listen to all of it, and it's, it's amazing. This I never heard song, it before. If, if people don't know this song, it's the one that's referenced in Batman versus Superman. His man's name Martha, and I think he's very sorry. He's yeah, I'm probably fucking mad tonight. It's disgusting. Like, I feel like Miley Cyrus had a gig or something. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, like I've been a fan. I genuinely, I genuinely, like I've been like a, a massive fan. I'm not getting tattoos of Tom Waits. Yeah. But I remember when, like, even in the nineties, he had what I would consider a slightly grunge phase as well. It wasn't even. It was just that album. Meal, Meal variations came out in ninety nine. Mm. Long time grunge was long dead. Um. But I remember loving that. It was like the, one of the first Digipacks I'd owned. Mm. 99, around mid-90s to 90s was when Digipacks were a thing. Mm. Saving on plastic, saving the earth. Woo-hoo. Uh, and I, I, I like remember that. Digipacks came out and everybody was mad for them. I, I loved them, even though they, they get wrecked. But they're still... They're wrecked the minute you get them. The, the like, minute you get them, they're scratched. The, the second you take it out of the fucking the, the film it's in, you start noticing all the dog ears and the cardboard fucking Rest. smush them on corner. Like, right. they, they're and never my, Yeah, and my copy of, of Meal Variations was was pretty bad. Yeah. It's got it's got big in Japan, that's on it. Hold on. And it's got what's he building in there. I want to be there the first time you listen to the song, What's What's He Building in There? That's a, that's a, that's what we'll do on um tomorrow on our show mm. that we you will already have heard. People have already heard. So he won a Grammy for that meal variations. His first Grammy. Mm. Uh, he won a for the category of best folk album, and and he even was like, um, "Like I'm happy to win a Grammy. I just didn't expect it to be for a folk album." Yeah. And he and he still said, "Whatever you want to call it, I'm glad I won it." Whatever like that. Yeah. He's got, he's got other great albums. Uh, Heart of Saturday Night, Swordfish, Trombone, Rain Dogs. 
he has a monstrous discography of huge albums, but he's also starred in some of my favorite films, which is kind of crazy because whenever mm. I see his name pop up or something, I get this. I know he picks his projects really well. Mm. No, he does. I mentioned earlier that Cher was in two really good Robert Alpin films, Predator and um, The Player. But the one she wasn't in in the middle was Shortcuts, but Tom Waits was in that. Mm. And I remember in the 90s watching Shortcuts going, oh my God, I love Tom Waits, Tom Waits in there. And he's playing like an alcoholic limo driver who's married to like Billy Tom. And, um, he he does a lot of the same character a lot, but he's fucking good at it, man. Like, mm. really good he's worked with some of my favourite directors of all time he's worked with Jim Jarmusch Terry Gilliam the Coen brothers and like I said Robert Alton he's been in some of my films that I just have a lot a lot of time for when I used to be well, I used to be much better at watching films than I am now like way better yeah. I used to watch for people don't believe me when I say this for 10 years I watched three films a day Jesus Christ, <laughs> straight up. When well, I was working, film, when I first so I was a DJ, like, exactly yeah. as a DJ. So I got up and I watched films, and I knew every. So I'd get every year. I would get like the, the lists of the best movies from yeah. it. Yeah, like I, I watched Rob, them Robert, e, Robert Robert Ebert's list from yeah. uh, like he worked for Chicago or something like that. I'd get his list and his list would be the best list. Yeah. Like the I, I watched list. an awful lot of films and I had up until a couple of years ago I had thousands upon thousands of DVDs and I just I, I gave them all to charity shops. It was like fuck yeah. all this. And uh, I kinda regret that a little bit now because there's loads of stuff that I want to watch and I have to go fucking yeah. ripping around the internet for it or whatever. No, I just set myself on a really bad kind of uh a bad kind of road where I was sitting down watching films all the way through and loving them to the point where I went, you know what? I have a lot of graphic design work to do from home. Yeah, I'll stick on a film, but I don't want to put a good one on because I don't. Want yeah, to I don't that film as well, in the background. Yeah. So yeah. now all I watch is garbage, and yeah. I wait for a good time to watch a good one that never comes. Never comes. Very hard. Never comes. So I have yeah. to literally sit down and really. Oh, yeah. So, so back when I was doing, I hide watch, the phone and everything. Like if they were, like, yeah, you, yeah. You, another thing, I wasn't addicted to my phone back then. Yeah. My yeah. phones were crap. Yeah, they were shit. Do nothing on it. Yeah. yeah. So, so, Wrist Cutters, a love story, is a really, really underrated film. I like that film a lot. Uh, he's in Bram's Dogger's Dracula. He's he in one is, of my yeah. Favorite he's... films from the late eighties, yeah. nineties with Terry Gilliam, The Fisher King, with uh, oh, Jesus, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Uh, he's in Seven Psychopaths. He's in The That's Simpsons right. as a voice, and he's in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs with the Coen Brothers. Like he's great in that. Yeah, he is. He really fucking is. He's got. He's actually. I don't know how much effort he actually puts in. Yeah, it's like he just just say them words and like. Yeah. All right, but what am I? You're the weird miner that's been out in his own for ages. Yeah, roll the cameras. <laughs> Jason was amazing. It's just, I think it's just his voice or something. Yeah, exactly. So, like musically, he's got like quite a good cult following, and I find that a lot of the films he's in are the same. Yeah, as a kind of those films are like a lot of con. Brothers movies are big, but they're cult. Uh, yeah, you know what? Now that you mention Gil- it, Gil- Gilliam is cult stuff. Yeah, as well. I've definitely seen him in more movies than I have heard songs of his. Yeah, well, how look, weird is that? He's not for everyone. It's like I, don't I, know. I, I, I guarantee you, he's for me. I just, I is. I just not this... haven't done it yet. I, I, I guarantee you, within the next fucking two years, I'm going to be all fucking. Did you know this about Tom Waits to you? And you be shut up, you you He's like a he's like a more accessible Captain Beefheart tonally. Yeah. Not a, but look, that was a 
that was Tom Waits. He's one of my favorite act, uh, musicians, and I wouldn't say he's one of my favorite actors, but I love mm. when I see his name built because it has that cult star effect. And he's not in big monstrous films. Okay, he was in Mystery Man. That was his biggest film he was in. But mm. uh, those movies, the, the, the Jim Jarmusch, Terry Gilliam, Coen Brothers, Robert Altman, is the perfect association with his yeah. music, even though it's not related to it. So yeah, that's Tom Waits. Who's uh, who's your next one? Yeah, next one's a big one, and it's David Robert Jones, aka David Bowie, or Bowie he, if you're a cunt. He, he's better than I thought he'd be. Uh, yeah, he's lie. pretty good. Uh, born on my birthday, the eighth of January in 1947. Uh, I was not born in 1947. That's is 1940. Is it 1947 when uh, the UFO crashed in Roswell? It was. It was. Supposedly, um, definitely did. <laughs> uh, uh, died on the 10th of January 2016 at the age of 69. Bango, stop digging. The dog is digging a hole now in the rounds. Relax, man. Relax. If you bark or something, you could be on a podcast. But no, you just dig on the ground, prick. Yeah, by the um, way, if you hear, if you hear Cat Smoke, he's on the kind of mad one. The back garden's getting dug up, so he hasn't I've got seen regular, that, yeah. He hasn't got his regular haunts, so he's kind of a bit thrown off. So if you hear Cat screaming in the background, he, so he's also, he got surgery on his mouth a while ago, and it hasn't quite healed properly. So he's when he eats biscuits, he eats them at the same rate as he normally eats them. Like, Arr! And he hoards his mouth. So sometimes he just uh, sit up to go, how do you hoard his mouth? Initially, uh, shit, I don't know actually. A row or something, is it? No? I just, a random. No, no, he's not really a row cat. Yeah. Um, God, how do you, I'll ask, I'll ask yourself. Yeah. That poor, that's, that's, the, that's the talking cat, yeah? Yeah. Well, when he's Christ. talking, he's usually literally saying like, Ma, I'm in mad pain, ma. Mad yeah. pain. I mean, it was killing me, ma. But yeah. I'm eating those biscuits too fast, ma, ma, ma. So we just <laughs> shouting ma over and over again. <laughs> I, I, I said to her before, so I was like, you know what you shouting, don't you? She's like, what? I was like, ma'am. Ma, yeah. Ma, ma, ma I'm starving, ma. I'm hungry, etc. You know yeah. what he does, right? He gets the best of food. But it's either with cat food you get yeah. gravy or you get jelly. That's right, yeah. Same as, same as dog. Yeah, yeah. He does a thing where the meat could be the best meat in the world. He just licks the juice off and walks off. Really? <laughs> well, he's he doing well off it. They know themselves is what they want. My dog, the problem I, I, is, his sister, because he's like kind of like boilier, Yeah. His sister has to wait till he's finished on the bowls. Because here's the thing, put a two bowl, put a three bowl, it doesn't matter. Yeah. He'll go to each of them, licking all the stuff out before she gets to go. Oh, so yeah, she yeah. is dried up, flavorless meat remains and she's happy enough with that like whatever man whatever it doesn't know any whatever, different whatever yeah. keeps him happy like you know I mean? <laughs> fucking animals man I know the same to him like we all do the same like everybody has their own yeah, weird yeah. ways for some fucking thing eating the fucking <laughs> like I'm the, I'm the opposite you know them Oreos you see people like only eating the cream out of the Oreos I don't really like the cream yeah. out of the Oreos but I love the biscuits I love the biscuit. Oh, no, I agree. I completely agree. Well, see, see, America can't do the creamy stuff in the middle without no, that, overkill. It tastes sugary, overkill. Like toothpaste. Like chemically yeah. toothpaste. That's wow. poxy. I'll tell you, America, if you're listening, your biscuits are good, man. You have good biscuits. Your chocolate is astronomically bad. So Terrible. bad. Your chocolate is the worst. Shocking. Yeah. You don't, but you don't, you don't even know it's bad. Yeah. The soft drinks are the best, though. They have great some Pepsi's and that, that's it. And your oh, ice, yeah, your yeah, yeah, yeah. ice creams are right. Uh, but David Bowie is... Uh, <laughs> Not American at all. Was born in Brixton in London. He's afraid of Americans. Americans. Yeah, exactly. What did I sing? I actually picked um, 
Deadman, Deadman Walking off Earthling, which is a fucking stellar album. Which, if anybody owns on vinyl, I would buy it off you for a good price. Um, I don't that on CD, actually. Yeah, I have it on CD, but finding it on vinyl is a fucking holy grail. That fucking, uh, everybody was involved in the album. Uh, fucking goldy, tricky, it's fucking mental, that album. Drum and bass and jungle album. There's, there's an amazing Bowie. one for a comeback reinvention as well. Yeah, big time. Bowie. Jesus Christ. Anyway. So he was always primarily a musician. Like that's all he kind of really wanted to do. Um, started his music career in 1963, but he didn't really. He didn't really. His first uh, first hit was Space Odyssey, which is like fucking ten years later. I think it was way later. So he kind of floundered for years. But in the early years, in the 60s, he, he appeared in a couple of movies. Um, he, <laughs> I think he went to France and he studied to be a mime. He thought this would be cool on stage. Oh, is that why he dresses up? As I, yeah, later on, he, he done the... Yeah, stuff. I think yeah, the early, yeah, yeah. late 70s, early 80s, he done the fucking, the, the, the clown. Um, but the clown is like based on Pierrot. And he, he done the stage production called, uh, it's called Pierrot and Turquoise. And eventually that was turned into a movie. Um, the movie was called, the movie, the movie was called uh, The Looking Glass Murders. And uh, so he went on, he done a few, there's a couple of cameos and small roles and walk-ons and shit. He'd done a, a bunch of that in the late 60s. But with the 70s, he kind of he started getting more and more interested in, in, in bigger roles. So he done, um, he appeared in The Man Who Fell to Earth as a, an alien. Yeah, that was his first big one. Yeah, that was his first big role where people were like, oh, yeah, you're I fucking. Think I tried to watch that on Channel 4 and, like, when I was a kid. And I was like, yeah, me too. Bored. Yeah. Bored. Bored. Yeah, exactly. Probably is great. From what I remember of it, it's like Bowie's on it, and you're like, "Oh, dude, Bowie!" But like when you're when you're that young as well, you didn't really give a fuck about Bowie. Not really. Not the way oh. you kind of care about Bowie now. You just it was someone that like you knew that was on telly that wasn't an actor, and that was a big deal back then. Um, as we've talked about for almost every single one of these cunts. Or as controversially, I have to admit, like still, I'm not a massive Bowie fan. I think he's great, but I'm yeah. not. I, I've never been able to. Jesus, just. There's some things where I'm like, like the 90s stuff is my favourite, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, he's done another movie called Just a Gigolo, which is a weird fucking movie. Uh, but by the 80s, he's kind of, he's one of the biggest musical acts on the planet, right? He's fucking, he's after, he's after kind of going down, um, he had his Space Odyssey and all this fucking Space Odyssey. Oh, God, like, like, it's goes incredible. back down. Yeah, it's goes like, back for down. For me, what it's like, it's a bit like Queen, I get it more, way more, and I can enjoy it way more. Yeah. But, uh, I guess I just feel slightly on the outside of it. I've, they've, I've always felt a little bit on the outside of it. Yeah. But, uh, he's, I, he's, better, he's better than Queen, so... <laughs> I, think, um, <laughs> I think Bowie is one of those uh, slightly culty figures, a bit like Tom Waits as well. It's just a, like a multiplied by 10, you know what I mean? Where it's like everybody likes the, the big songs, and the, like, you know, Let's Dance yeah. and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? That, everybody likes that stuff. But like, it's when you start digging around the albums where Bowie's actually kind of exercising. The I noticed that, yeah. You know? That, uh, instrumental, Warsaw, is that the instrumental? Warsaw, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. There's, some, there's some great stuff there. Like, he's, he's a fantastic artist. Uh, by the 80s, he starts getting offered kind of big roles. So people are like, fucking David Bowie, like, is kind of in a little bit of a slump. Like, but he's still like one of the biggest names in music. But like, we might be able to get him now. So uh, Tony Scott offers yeah. him a role as a vampire in this uh, movie called The Hunger. And uh, eventually they make a bunch of these Hunger movies. He's not in them. Um, they even, I think they made a TV show. They did. They made a TV show um, based off that movie, The Hunger, as well. I think he might have been involved as like a producer or something along the lines. Yeah. But I know for like, the, I think the DVD release, they done like an anniversary DVD release of The Hunger. And he, he turned around to Tony. I was about to say turned around to Tony Hawk. He turned around to Tony Scott. And uh, he said, listen, I really hate my accent. 
in that movie, he done like a right. like an Eastern European accent or something. He said, "I really, really fucking hate it. Like, will you do me a solid and just get that dubbed over? Like, I've no problem being in the film, but right. my accent is fucking painful." So they redubbed it, and uh, so that's the version you're hearing now. Um, he done a, a, a movie called uh, "Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence," which I seen years ago. He plays a POW in a Japanese internment camp. It was very, very good. Uh, he actually had a cameo. We done like a lot of minor cameo in a movie called Yellowboard, which is, um, sorry, Yellowbeard, which is like a, not quite a Monty Python movie, but made by the Monty Python guys for someone else, for another studio. So, like, it is, at its heart, a Monty Python movie, but it can't really be considered right. a Monty Python um, movie. He turned down a couple of roles as well. He turned down, um, turned down the role of uh, Max Zorin in, in James Bond, A View to a Kill, as well. Um, oh, that could have been cool. Yeah, it would have been cool as fuck. Uh, one of his biggest ones was in 1986 where he teams with Jim Henson to play Jareth in a Labyrinth. Oh, yeah, that's his biggest like, one. For, that's, well, like, not for me, but, you know, it is the biggest one. Yeah, that, that's... When you think of Dave Bowie acting, you think of fucking The, the Goblin King. Like, you know, I fucking love that film. I hate that fucking song. That fucking song. I hate... I can't even remember. Castle hey, is or something. I, I hate it. I fucking despise it. You remind me of a babe? Yeah, I can't do it. It's so over the top. Like, I'm, I'm scarlet for him. I'm scarlet for him in the film. I'm scarlet for him. Like, when I think about him in the recording studio, recording it, I'm full glowing for him. Like, I could do a full TikTok about it. Like, I'm I don't, I, how, how, is that, how is that even that different than like Suffragette City or something? It's I not, don't know. There's just something about that song. I just, and it's fact because when I think about it, I think about him jumping around with the cod piece and all that. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just, I can't. He's always jumped around with cod pieces. I know, but there's something about that film. It's the hair and the, the spinny balls and the dancing fucking goblin fucking puppets and I can't do it. Again, it just looks, sounds like regular David Bowie. <laughs> it's just David, a day in the life of David Bowie. Yeah. Just, ah, let's dance. Hello, goblin children. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he played uh, Pontius Pilate in Martin Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ. Uh, he was an FBI agent in Twin Peaks, Firewalk With Me. Yeah, let's talk about it. No, we can't. I love that. <laughs> how do we um, have a Twin Peaks episode? We can't. Go on, go on. I don't know how you do a Twin Peaks episode. No, you couldn't. You couldn't. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, played Andy Warhol in, was it Basquat or Basquat? How do you pronounce his name? Basquat. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, I never. I, never, I, I watched I never, it and I don't know how to pronounce his fucking name. Again, it's another word I've read me in my life. I don't know how you say it. Basquit? Biscuit? Biscuit? <laughs> I don't know Biscuit Biscuit I don't know it was, He was French or something Wasn't he So it's Biscuit Biscuit So yeah. people at home Are like <laughs> Saying it right um, Obviously played Nikolai Tesla In The Prestige And uh, he was He's even in um, He was in Spongebob Gave his voice to Spongebob He also had a video game Huh? He had a video game David Bowie had a video game yeah, an entire video game in 1999 called Nomad Soul on the Dreamcast. It was oh, only on the Dreamcast. That rings a and bell. Him and Reeves Gabriel did the, uh, the soundtrack to it. That I remember trying to, I was, I was actually mad into, because cause that was 90s when I was mad into Bowie in the 90s, way more yeah. than any other period. I got that game. I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. Mm. Nomicron Soul, I think it's called. Uh, no, Nomicron. Omicron uh, Nomad Soul. Uh, it's about nothing. I assume. It's like Frankie Goes to Hollywood's video game. Just trying to look for a series. We, we have to go to the fucking the manhole to find but, the but pleasure it's all, dome. It's all, but it's all like looks like Lawnmower Man. Oh really? Yeah, Lawnmower Man is one of the most overrated films of all time. I'm actually, yeah, that was shocking. yeah, it's garbage. I'm actually, like. you know what I'm going to do tomorrow? Tomorrow I'm going to listen to the Nomad Soul soundtrack with 
90s Bowie. I think there's like there's that could be interesting. Yeah, 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 that could be interesting. Anyway, that was David Bowie. Like I said, fucking Labyrinth. <laughs> Labyrinth was a big deal to me when I was younger. I remember when uh, Jim Henson was they didn't done the Labyrinth tour. Um, yeah. But it wasn't just Labyrinth, it was like all the Jim Henson puppets. So they toured the world with all these puppets. And I think it was out in like, in some, where the fuck was it? Is that not, it's some, some military base or something. I can't remember where they put in this uh, installation and you could walk around and see all the puppets from like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal and shit like that. And they'd done it in Dublin in like the fucking mid or late 80s. I remember going to my parents bringing me to that because I was obsessed with Labyrinth, lad obsessed really? oh my fucking god oh, I have the Labyrinth board game I paid a fortune for it about four years ago this limited edition Labyrinth board game came out with like uh, the little models that you can paint so you've got like Jarrett and you've got like the whole shebang they're all in there and you know, like dance Gareth dance dance for me Gareth and Jarrett dancing in the goblin hall no <laughs> I uh, no uh, no I just I I love that film but that fucking bit always embarrassed me I always remember like that bit where he's dancing around in the yoke and like that would always be the time like your mad dad walk in and go like what the fuck are you watching what are you doing are you, do, you want, do you want to tell us something son no like, nothing what? weird happened like I don't have no I, no, no but like what I'm saying is oh yeah 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 yeah. Son, you have something to tell us son, that, son do you have something it was the late like, 80s that didn't exist Razor videos Razor videos that are straighter than this <laughs> yeah it was so fucking mad and he's wearing and the gear he's wearing as well like it looks like, like one of them like all in one fucking like uh, uh, Wild West Miner fucking undersuits it just has a bit of glitter on it like it's only short to have like the big square hole for shiting on it looks the back like of it. It, do you know what I always thought about him in that film yeah David Bowie in Labyrinth it always looks like Tina Turner had joined Duran Duran <laughs> the big white shirt and yeah. the bet on leather yeah. black leather that to me is just like fucking a I don't know you're simply a new romantic <laughs> that's just that's just what I think of whenever uh, I think about it. that's oh, Tina fuck. Turner in Duran Duran that's what that is Oh, fucking... Anyway, listen, that's David Bowie. Uh, the song is Dead Man Walking. It's a fucking savage song. It's a savage album. That's where album is killer. Um, if, you, if, you, if you're always a bit fucking put off by, by Bowie singing with Mick Jagger and spinning steel balls around, dancing in his underwear, do that album. That's the fucking album to listen to. Um, who was your next one? So I swapped out Lady Gaga again for my next one. Again, Lady Gaga... Keeps getting the cut, like getting the chop left, right, and tender. But I'll, t- I'll tell you why, I'll tell you why. I swapped out Lady Gaga because even though Lady Gaga has an Oscar and a Grammy, like I do like that for this. That's one of my teams for. Yeah. Some this. I find Lady Gaga's brand of creatively weird, slightly. No, I don't. It's not for me. Yeah. I don't. It just doesn't feel real. It feels a bit contrived. The whole thing mm. feels like it's really based on other people like even Madonna and even yeah. Cher like Cher was a mad one for the costumes in the 70s with, mm. with that show so yeah. like, I always when I'm watching Lady Gaga like she came out in a meat dress and then she stood in front of the cameras and I'm like yeah, I don't buy it off Lady Gaga I read an article I don't, think, I don't think she's that I don't think she's that weird I read a great article today about the best things that were thrown at, at musicians on stage and uh, really? a lot of people we've talked about actually were on like Lady Gaga. I think someone threw like a rash at her or something like that. And uh, David well, Bowie. Well, that makes sense. She wore a fucking yeah. meat suit. Someone, someone threw a lollipop at David Bowie and it's stuck in his eyeball. 
<laughs> it's fucking his, in his, he has a bad eye and it's stuck yeah. in his bad eye and there's a photo of an eye, of a lollipop with the stick stuck at his eyeball oh. and there's one uh, Kanye West in Dublin someone threw a 50 cent piece at him and it, like, it, it, it landed like it didn't even go near him it just landed on the floor in front of him and he was like I'm fucking out of here See it's later, and someone threw Smash Mouth played a gig, and someone threw a loaf of bread up on the stage, and they stormed off stage. We're like, I'm not having that. See you later. Yeah, they'll, we should talk about what Smash Mouth did. <laughs> Smash Mouth's gig that they played the last one. Yeah, there is nearly a quarter of a million. Quarter people of a million uh, in, infections after COVID. COVID. Yeah, now it's not. After it's not. It's not their fault. That's a big bike rally. Um, there was it's the massive, headline. It was going to happen anyway. It was yeah, going to happen yeah. anyway. I think there was. I think there was seventy. 700,000 people at it. 700 to 900 people at it. That's nearly a million. Yeah. And, uh, but I don't give a fuck. It was Smash Mouth. Well, we'll fuck. Yes, they, we'll let's play him Smash Mouth. Fuck him. Uh, imagine going to see Smash Mouth. Imagine. Somebody. Shaipan. I hate it. Garbage. Pedo music. Uh, it is so pedo. Anyway. Them and Wheatus can fucking die in a fire. I just realised that we, I haven't actually... Oh, we are different. Who's different. your next one? You have to tell me who your next one is. I didn't... Yeah, so like my, my point was uh, Lady Gaga felt slightly contrived. The, yeah. The, the fault that... The, oh, I'm weird and, and I'm wearing like a, a veil over my face yeah. for this for this uh, awards ceremony. So I just chose who I She does do an awful lot of that actually when you think about it. I'm carrying this brick with me um, to stop female but circumcision. The, but, but it doesn't... Like, it, I just don't feel it offer. I don't actually feel it. Yeah, shock. Like, whatever shock is, for shock's sake. Like, yeah, I don't know. But like when you see her in The Star is Born and she won a Grammy for she's phenomenal, but I never get the impression that she's a Lula. I, I never seen that film. So what I did was I chose someone who is the one of the original Lulas in pop. You definitely did. Grace Jones. Yeah. So Grace Jones is the pre Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga. The you know, original Lula, yeah. Late seventies, like with uh, with the madness, definitely. So well, mad. But I will say, I think Cher of the pop icons came with the mad outfits for us. A slightly, yeah, yeah, I do. yeah, definitely. But Grace Jones is absolutely one hundred percent bananas batshit crazy, yep. creatively as well. Um, so I had to choose her. Yep. Oh, even she has no Grammys, no, no Oscars. Doesn't matter. Will never have an Oscar. She will probably never have a Grammy winner. But to be fair. She has some banger albums and songs that just most of her songs are actually covers. To be fair, she mm. covered Joy Division's uh, "Lovable Terrace Apart," not mm. "Lovable Terrace Apart." Uh, Jesus, not transmission. I can't remember. She's lost, she's lost control. She did. She lost. Control. That's it. That's but, it. But uh, she's got that albums "Island Life" and "Nightclubbing," which I'm sorry, even though they've got reggae on them, they're still good. She is Jamaican. To be fair. To be fair, it's allowed. Oh, it's allowed. Exactly. It's yeah. allowed. So, it's a reggae pass. She she started as a model because she's absolutely stunning, incredible looking. Bananas. She's always had that androgynous kind of look. I think she's yeah. one of the first people really that sold the androgynous thing yeah. really well. I think she said stuff like before. <laughs> she said in nineteen, I think it was eighty two or eighty four. She goes, "Oh, in the next few years, the gender won't even be a thing. Yeah. Like, we'll all just be one thing." Mm. And uh, that's like kind of miles ahead of its time. Well, let's talk about the films she was in because she has those great albums. I think they are great. I really do. It's, mm. it's, it's weird. It's weird enough for me to like. So strange. But she was in a Conan the Barbarian. So a good. A, a View to a Kill. Yeah. And Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. Those are three banger films straight yeah. off the bat. Like, I, there, whenever a star is born, I prefer them to a star is born. 
Was it Conan the Barbarian or the second one she was in? I try to remember. Conan, uh, she plays the kind of mad queen. Yeah, woman. I thought that was the second one. Maybe it is. Yeah, I think it's... What, uh, what's the full length of the Conan movie title? It's Conan the Barbarian is the first one and Conan the Destroyer is the second one. Oh, that's the one she's in. Yeah, Conan yeah. the Destroyer she's in, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I love it as oh, well. Right. I love it as well, yeah. Oh, it's not as good though. It's not as good, but it's still deadly. Because sure, it's Conan. Right. Yeah, it's the second one. Yeah, second one. Conan the Destroyer is the second one, yeah. Um, so you know what? Lady Gaga's back. Lady Gaga's back in. No, Gaga. <laughs> no, she's not. Yeah, no, there's no, there no one in Conan the Barbarian that was murder over the first Conan the Barbarian movie. Like no one wanted to make that fucking. Like yeah, no one. The well, big rubber snake and all. Like, James L. Jones and all in it for like <laughs> ten seconds. Ten seconds. Like the only fucking actor of any like repute in it. But uh, any of film with Arnold Schwarzenegger was not being well made because they didn't know what they were doing with him. They go, just get me in. He's just look at him. That's what it was like. Yeah, look at him, though. It's like, like yeah, but is a good monstrously, monstrously tall lads to just be in a film for no reason. Yeah, the fucking cream jibble Yeah, tiny good. So yeah, she she was a, a pop star and actress, but she was a model before all that. She hmm. actually got Dolph Lundgren his first starting films. He was in a view to a kill as like a. Dolph Lundgren's kind of the male version of her. Think about well, it. They, I wish they had a kid because they went there for four years. They did. Yeah. He was he was her bodyguard. He picked another she, fucking. She got him that job, but I wish he I wish they had a kid. He picked another fucking mad yoke to have kids yeah. with, didn't he? Didn't he? Uh, what's her face? Bridget Mills. Yeah. Bridget? No, yeah. I don't think so. Was he not with her? No, Stallone was. I know Stallone was. I thought Dolph Lundgren was as well. Not in the same. They're in the same film now. It wouldn't have all kicked off then. Mm. Trying to think, maybe he's like a genius or something. But anyway, he is, yeah, yeah, he's a professor she, or something. Yeah. She was asked to play Zora in Blade Runner, mm. and the photographer she was working with at the time said, oh, "Don't do that. That's too Hollywood. That's not for you." And she was like, "Yeah, no, I, I turned it down." So she got a flight to Paris that day, and she was on the flight, and she had the script. Where she goes, "I'll just, I'll just read the script." Because she turned it down without reading it. Mm. She read the script and went, "Ah, oh, fuck!" <laughs> Writing them back straight away. No, mm. it's been taken. Parts gone. Taken. Mm. So, um, she said in an interview that she travels with no bags. She travels so much, being a model, that's just constantly mm. over for mo- movies and music the exact same. She doesn't pack any bags. She goes, really? I will not ever stand in for a check in area. <clears throat> she thinks it's a conspiracy to make people stand around airports longer buying expensive shit. She's probably not wrong. Um, yeah, I'd probably agree. <laughs> Probably good. But now, if I was rich enough to just buy everything I wanted when I landed in the country, mm. but what she won't do is she won't buy it from the airport. She uh, used to carry butter around with her in Paris because in butter, in, in Paris, they don't put uh, butter on the bread. Yeah. She thinks that's ludicrous. That's, yeah. She hates that. That's just <laughs> uh, Here's a mad one. She's, <laughs> she has a lifetime ban from all Disney properties. Really? Unlike... Jennifer Hudson, who started there. Yeah. So she was asked to do a live show at uh, Florida's downtown Disney house. It's mm. kind of House of Blues in 1988. And uh, <laughs> Disney's House of Blues in I don't know what they were expecting getting uh, Grace Jones in. Because mm. she took her top off and smoked a blunt. <laughs> Banned from all Disney properties. She said she doesn't hold it against them. She thinks it's funny, whatever. She just goes, yeah, I'll never be able to go to like... Or, so she's not actually not from playing I don't think she's literally allowed back in any of them Jesus uh, Christ her last film that she did 
Now, I meant to watch this at the time, and I didn't. I think it's from 2009. Fuck. Eight, maybe. Eight, between 8 and 14, somewhere around that mm. period. Uh, she was in a film called Gutter Damarung. Do you ever hear about this? No. So this is... She played the devil alongside Iggy Pop, Henry Rollins, Lemmy, Nina Hagen, Tom Mariah, Slash, Josh Hom. It's a silent rock film inspired by Austin Wonderland. I remember hearing about this and dying to watch it. And then, you know, when something's in development for years, you just remember. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, yeah, um, I will watch that. So it's all just instrumental music, no one talking. As far as I know, no one's singing either as well. Yeah. all in black and white. I remember looking at pictures. Weird. Remember when it first came out, I saw a picture of Josh Hahn with like a rocket launcher on his shoulder and Lemmy looked like he was leading like what looked like a Nazi army. That kind of makes a bit of mm. sense, whatever. Yeah. Um, if she, wrote her, she wrote her autobiography in 2015 called I'll Never Write My Memoirs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I fucking love Grace Jones, man. The thing about it is whenever yeah. I see her in a film, especially Boomerang, she was absolutely batshit in that as well. Yeah. She just has that... I just want to watch more of her, see what she's going to do next. And James Bond, obviously, she was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, may not have been a great actress, but she did what she was supposed to do. Um, yeah, one of my favourite absolute original no cases from the 80s. And Big I just time. Did, didn't want to spend 15, 20 minutes talking about Lady Gaga. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Who's this, your, is what, who's, this is what you get. Who's your next one? Is this your uh, last one or your second last uh, one? Uh, no, my second last one. This is your second uh, one. This is Queen Latifah. Yeah, she surprised me at being very good. She's very, very good, yeah. So Queen Latifah, I picked the song Fly Girl. It's just it's pretty kind of indicative of uh, a lot of her output. Uh, she is considered what's called a contralto, which means she's able to sing and rap. So this must be a modern enough term, contralto. Like, um, uh, like Lauren Hill or Missy Elliott. Yeah, yeah, if you can sing and rap. I didn't know that was a word. Apparently it has a word called the contralto, yeah. <laughs> um, born Dana Elaine Owens in 1970. She young, she's actually younger than I thought she was. I, I know that's bad. Um, I thought she was older than that. Um, I don't know, yeah. no, like 1970. She's 11 years older than me. Like Queen Latifah, I, th- I would have thought was fucking 20 years older than me, minimum. But uh, <laughs> however. Uh, debut, the 70s. <laughs> yeah, our debut album's called uh, All Hail the Queen. Came out in 1989. Tommy Boy Records. Tommy Boy Records like in the kind of... Jesus, in the, the late 80s to, until kind of the early 90s, Tommy Boy was a massive hip-hop record label, a proper huge record label. Um, it kind of got watered down eventually when um, a lot of the rappers were given subsidiary labels of their own. But like originally, yeah. Tommy Boy was the fucking, like, uh, even like kind of the beginning of something like Wu-Tang can be traced back to Tommy Boy with Jizza. Right. Jizza was the first guy to ever get a record deal that was part of that group. So the Tommy Boy, and then he was dropped, but he, they kind of used those contacts that they had um, to kind of yeah. get the Wu-Tang Tang, Wu-Tang Tang, the Wu-Tang Tang, the Wu-Tang thing off the, off the ground. So Tommy Boy was very important. So her being a part of that um, as a female hip-hop, hip-hop artist in 1989 is a big, big fucking deal. Um, so from 1990, 1993 to 1998, um, she kind of she had her own uh, it was like a fucking sitcom thing on Fox called Living Single it was called and oh, that, I think I vaguely remember yeah that would have been one of the, it was probably shown on a fucking Sunday afternoon or some shit like that like you know um, but yeah that that ran for what Jesus that's a good that's a decent run like a good five year run there for for a sitcom um, 
in, in the early 90s was pretty fucking solid, 93 to 98. Um, she had done a lot of appearances in movies like Juice, she done Juice with Tupac, uh, she done House Party 2 with Kid and Play, uh, Sp- uh, Jungle Fever, which I think was Spike Lee. Um, she had her own talk show called The Queen Latifah Show that went from 99 to 2001 and came back for a year that or two. I remember. That yeah. I remember, actually, yeah. Yeah, that, that came back. That was, that was cancelled in 2001, but it came back in 2013. I think they'd done maybe two seasons of it. I think two two seasons of it, and that was fucking done. Um, she appeared in two episodes of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, the, the first thing I remember seeing her in properly, she was definitely, I'd seen all those movies, Juice, House Party 2, Jungle Fever, yeah. fucking Fresh Prince. I don't remember Queen Latifah being in any of them. Right, I'm not no. idea. I don't remember being in any of them. Um, the I can't thing, remember the first film I saw, but I know you're going to say it now. The say first it. film I remember her being in was The Bone Collector with Denzel Washington. Oh, no, it wasn't. There was something no. where she was a thief. Oh, you're probably thinking of Taxi or something like that. No. So that, was a, that was a big one. The American remake of Taxi was one of the, one of her kind of, was kind of pedestal fucking star and roll things, but she was in Bone Collector with Denzel Washington, which is a fucking superb film. I love that Bone Collector; it's fucking great. Um, uh, have you seen that movie? Denzel Washington is like in a fucking Miley Ray Cyrus biopic, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just haven't shot. So. <laughs> That's the STD collector. That's the sequel. Um, That's too far, too far. She can't even talk far. anymore. Um. <laughs> fucking punk like that. Denzel Washington is like has some. Sorry, like, set it off. Where set it off? Set it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's 1996. Set it off. Yeah. Where she's like a lesbian bank robber. That's right. Something. Yeah, yeah. That's one of our parts. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Bone collector is Denzel Washington, and he's uh. He, I think he has like ALS or something like that, and he's stuck in like this weird hospital bed in his apartment, and he's he was like a mad detective type of dude, and there's um like a serial killer killing people around New York or wherever the fuck it is and he has to like oh I've never seen that it's fucking grey film he has, he has why, to why um, do I always get mixed up with, with that and I'm thinking of Bones <laughs> the show Bones Bones yeah 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 so oh, he, ha- he, he, he has like fucking mobile phones and shit and he's talking to other detectives and rookie cops that are out in the streets and he's trying to solve the crime kind of vicariously Right. Uh, through these kind of tour parties it's, it's a great fucking movie I, I only watched it again last year so I enjoyed the shit uh, she received the nomination for an Academy Award for a role in Chicago um, I'll never watch that yeah that's no, I, I will it's never probably great in it, but I will, I'll never watch that yeah uh, she was in a great movie actually I only remember this one I read it a movie called Bringing Down the House with Steve Martin in 2003 I like that film <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think she was great in that yeah, that's that was fun she was in a Scary Movie 3 Taxi obviously uh, she was in Barbershop 2 she was in Hairspray she won an award for Hairspray um, I think I might have that written down I'm pretty sure I do yeah. uh, she voiced Ellie the Mammoth in Ice Age Meltdown as well. So she's done, oh, she's done yeah. that animated mal- malarkey. Uh, received she's also gorgeous. She is, yeah. yeah. Um, she received the Very star good. of the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2006. Um, she was nominated for Best Actress at the Emmy Awards for um, a HBO film called Bessie as well, which I yeah. keep meaning to fucking watch because um, it's supposed to be amazing. She's also she's produced a bunch of shit as well. She uh, produced um, the TV version of Scream. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was ever shown over here. It's, it's an MTV show. Um, they made a TV version. I think after, yeah. I think what they done was after three seasons, I think they rebooted the whole thing again. Something fucking weird like that. I think she was brought in. Um, she was brought in to help fucking produce or something like that. She's uh, the first female hip hop artist to ever be nominated for an Oscar, and uh, the first hip hop artist in general to ever get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. 
Um, I have a lot of time for Queen Latifah. Um, ah, yeah, she's so likable. Yeah, I, I so 100% prefer her acting over her music, and I, I, I don't know what it is about her music. Um, it's grand. It's fine. It's just, it's the wrong type of 80s hip-hop for me. <laughs> yeah. um, I just I, think Missy did it a little bit better. Yeah, like she's just a lot oh, more. No, that's just putting in the same bracket just because they're female rappers. It just, yeah. Some of it does feel the same. Yeah, no, I know one of the big things with, uh, with Queen Latifah's uh, albums, especially the first couple of albums, is that they were highly sought after for other producers to take samples from. Musically, they were shiha. Um, and she's very talented. Like she had a big, oh, yeah, she had a big beef with um, oh, fuck, who was it? Was it Lil Kim? A fucking Foxy no. Brown, Foxy Brown. Foxy. Yeah, she had a big row with her. Um, they were going back at each other, but it was uh, Queen Latifah started to slagging her. Like she started giving her fucking grief. <laughs> like it's not Foxy. Foxy Brown came back then with a big fucking dirty, juicy fucking this track Queen Latifah was like what have I done now like I've been rapping about female empowerment and fucking fight the man for 20 oh, years yeah. I, you know what I mean and now I've got fucking I have to call you one a hour I'm not doing it so I, I think that whole thing it just fizzled out because like Foxy Brown was definitely fucking influenced by Queen Latifah like Queen Latifah was like fucking yeah. huge even when I was a, even when I was a kid uh, getting started to be interested in hip hop like that was one of the big fucking names Queen Latifah but I remember buying an album I think I might have even bought that album um, All Hail the Queen and I was like I can't do it man there's not enough guns and shooting yeah. like I just that's what I want when you're like 13, 14 you know what I mean you're listening to Easy Ye Boys in the Hood and all you're like beep, boom, boom, beep, boom, and you get to this and it's all I'm so hard I'd batter anybody yeah but then you get Queen Latifah and it's like sister's going to work get out and it's all fucking all the background singers are blokes just to kind of for the juxtaposition of it and it's, uh, uh, it's, you know what I mean it's a gallery yeah. uh, but as an act, actress she's fucking supremely fucking talented like, she's fucking yeah, she so is good she's so fucking good and that's my second last one uh, who is your last one my last one is I swapped out Justin Timberlake last minute because I didn't want to get down to Disney Kid Room just because I feel like they started off singing and acting and it wasn't in the intro. It didn't interest me enough to talk about it anyway. I think Disney kids, it's sort of decided when they're in the car, maybe even the will, that they are a flesh bob that are going to be... Yeah, they're, they're, they're mostly say. only really interesting when they make a bollocks in their life as well. Like, Well, they're just, it seems like these people are just, just destined to be like, just give me attention, I need it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Billy Birdie Joe. Don't get me wrong, Justin Timberlake... Is, is a great actor like he genuinely is but I can't go pick someone who just got into it even though he was a singer before he went into the second half of his career as an actor mm. in the social network he was absolutely fantastic so I went for Frank Sinatra instead and I am not I actually prefer Justin Timberlake's music and <laughs> Frank Sinatra's no I do but we have to have a little look at old Blue Eyes now and see what's yeah. going on there because we've done Justin Timberlake a couple, possibly before mm. and um, we've never done really Sinatra much now like I said I'm not really mad at the Frank Sinatra music I'm not a dad yeah so I like a lot of the Frank Sinatra stuff like I like it as well I like yeah. Fly Me to the Moon like I think I picked that no I picked uh, I've Got You Under My Skin for this that's a phenomenal song that really is yeah. a really good song, but that's grand. And movie wise, I I watched a few like as a kid, Frank Sinatra was on the TV like all the time. His movies, I don't think he's a particularly phenomenal actor, yeah. but I was really interested to find out more about him. So I, ch- I chose him. I know loads about Justin Timberlake. I had a deadly Justin Timberlake song picked and all. Uh, it's gonna be my, gonna be my. No, it was uh, 
what goes around it was like seven minutes long so we just picked this one so let's have a quick look ah oh blue eyes we, we, we did talk about him briefly before he was it was a contractual obligation to offer him the role in Die Hard that's Start right yeah that's off. fucking insane because he was in the original insane. one and, and yes. part, of, part of the contract was if they were to ever remake this or make a second movie or yeah. whatever make another one based on this they have he has to, to get forced to feel yeah now this was fucking sixties to the mm. late eighties, nineties. So he was too old. He was like, "Yeah, obviously you have to offer me." I'm going to say no. Yeah, bro. Um, imagine, imagine how different that film would be. I bet you that film would be savage. I bet you that film would be unreal. Be like Harry Brown or something, but in in a fucking skyscraper, <laughs> it'd be fucking savage. <laughs> he should have done it. He imagine said, a yeah. fucking sixty odd year old Franks and had to crawl and shoot the fucking ducks. Yippee-ki-yay, yeah, motherfucker. Be it's unreal. What year was Die Hard? 87? I think it's 86, 87, 87, 88, I'm going to call it. Yeah, I don't know. Die Hard, 88, yeah. So he's definitely... Like, he'd be dead 10 years later. Would have been so good. 98 he died in, so that's... No, that's... You, you can't have that. He wouldn't have been... <laughs> would have been unreal. Would have been unreal. In his 60s, walking a broken glass up. Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going so, on his back and all. oh my god so, so I know that he is an unreal singer and uh, quite a good actor he has an Academy Award he's got an Oscar yeah. for uh, From Here to Eternity 1954 he won that in so 30 years, 30, 34 years later he'd be in Die Hard yeah <laughs> he's, uh, he's won 11 Grammys four-time Golden Globe Award winner. He's won a Peabody Award, a Cecil B. DeMille Award. He's also got the Medal of Honor of the State of Israel, which I think uh, Krilcon won. <laughs> Nick Cave's getting one them same one as well. Nick Cave's getting one. I got a new pair of pajamas yesterday. I'm wearing them now on that mad itchy man. I don't know what's there's something going on. They're made out of fucking. Do, uh, I, I, I just keep. I can't, I can't have to say. I have to tell somebody. I'm actually quite itchy. I'm quite itchy because of the pollen. That's why you hear me sniffing a lot. Well, the problem is uh, the, the pollen count has been because my my cyborg uh, thing. Dyson Your fan. Thing, yeah. It's like the pollen is very high today, Paul. <laughs> what I did was I drank really hoppy beer before I started this, and I'm sniffing and dying like a pollen. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so Sinatra embraced like the whole kind of tough, tough guy, working class Italian, mm. you know, guy, and he was really good at that. But he was actually friends with a lot of mobsters. Oh yeah, and not only that, like uh, Willie Moretti was his godfather. He's a notorious uh, boss of the Genovese crime family. Mm. So he helped Sinatra's career in much the ways the press of groups helped Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we've connected no. Die Hard to the Fountains DC like yeah no like he had like a big cash injection he pushed very hard in fact he, he was in a he, he was had a, t- a contract with Tommy Dorsey to do a film and he wanted to do something else yeah. and he, well, I was like no, absolutely not so <laughs> he already stepped in and uh, you know we're going to have a little conversation over here in the back yeah. of this car, you know, you know, so what happened was then that exact scene sort of appeared in, in a Godfather, if you remember mm. like the whole, the whole thing, the Mario Puzzi novel yeah. that was turned into a uh, Francis Ford couple, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, fucking Sinatra was not happy with that. Cause that was the rumor that Sinatra had, you know, put, put the, his family had put the squeeze on anyone who stepped in the way of Sinatra yeah. at all. 
and pushed him out really far, you know, to, to get him as far as he was. Now, at the end of the day, Sinatra was going to do it anyway. Yeah. That voice, that voice is insane. Mm. It's not like they're pushing out some garbage fucking... It was, but it was the acting section, which he wasn't particularly phenomenal at. Yeah. That the mob kind of gave him a bit of a boost. And so a funny story about that was Mario Puzo met Sinatra in the 70s. Mm. Uh, they had like, they, they found themselves at the same like party of a rich person. Someone goes, oh, Frank, this is uh, Mario Puzo. Frank's like, yeah, I know who he is, yeah. And just went back to eating his food. And your man goes, uh, so anyway, he goes, this, don't fucking talk to me. I know exactly what you do, but yeah. me in that film, you made me look like a fucking idiot. And apparently screamed, just started like literally losing the blood screaming. And really? He's fucking, he's a hard, like, Sinatra was a fucking hard bastard. Like, yeah. So yeah, that's one thing I kind of, it was like, that's kind of cool. Let's talk about the cool shit that I actually started to look really like Frank Sinatra when I found him. In 1990, he told Donald Trump, go fuck himself. Really? That was interesting. Yeah. So Trump had hired, uh, offered, or sorry, Hired the services of Frank Sinatra to play at his casino. Mm. Um, he'd also hired Sammy Davis Jr. Mm. But what happened was, when he got the bill, or what, the proposed bill, he was like, absolutely not. That, now, Sammy Davis Jr. was so close to Frank Sinatra. Again. Mm. I, I can't even, I'll explain it a little bit more later. But he'd also just been told that he had cancer. Mm. So he was doing his last few gigs. And Donald Trump said to uh Sinatra's manager, uh, just take fucking Samuel Davis Jr. off the bill. I don't want him anymore and I'll pay really? this man for, for a thing. So Sinatra got back on the phone and said, you tell Trump to go fuck himself or I will. Like, give, me his, give me his number. I couldn't get his number granted. Yeah. Uh, but here's a, here's a weird thing. Like, although Sinatra would be kind of, they did make some pretty fucked up jokes about Sammy Davis Jr. on stage. Yeah, he was like, just, just he was famously the butt of a lot of jokes. Like. The butt of some fucking grim fucking jokes. Yeah. But he defended him mm. off stage like massively, massively, massively. And apparently a lot of people said this. Like a lot of people. Like, I, read, <coughs> I read up with this today because I knew, I remember something about it. I was like, hang on a minute. Wasn't Frank Sinatra one of the kind of unlikely champions of equality back in mm. the So him? I believe it. Him and the Beatles were. They both yeah. refused to play to uh, segregated uh, audiences. But not just that. There was one time when they were uh, headlining a place in Vegas. I'm trying to find the name of it now. The Co the Copa Room. Mm. That's what it was. And your man said, um, we can't have any we can't have any black people here at all this, it's, it's fucking it's a high end place and he goes yeah, yeah. I'm not playing and I'm not only that I won't play it now I will never play it again yeah. so they changed their rules for that another time he uh, he the Rat Pack were playing some hotel I'm trying to find the name of that hotel it's a different one and after Sammy Davis Jr. came out of the pool mm. they drained the pool wow and he said I'm never ever playing here again and they were like yeah. well no we're just, it's just naturally what we do if ever we have like a an African American artist, we just take all the water out of it. Like, fuck off. Fuck me. I'm never playing that here. He yeah, he had a mad, mad fucking traumatic birth, apparently. Like a really? fucking mad traumatic birth. So yeah, he was born in like Hoboken, which is like part of New Jersey. That's yeah. quite a tough enough place. Um he was born blue and not breathing at all. So And he, he kept it up quite a, mad looking, place. mad looking fucker. He was born uh, like aggressively with forceps and all, and when they thought he was dead. They put him on the kitchen counter, 
<laughs> the doctors went to try and save his mother. The grandma picked him up and stuck him under uh, the sink, the cold water in the sink, and he woke up and started singing. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Fly me to the moon. <laughs> yeah. So, Fly me the to the blue. The FBI had a foil, a foil on him for years. Yeah. But they knew he was connected to the thing. Mm. In the 50s, when his career started to wane, he tried to kill himself. I didn't know that. Well, he put his head uh, on the stove and turned the gas on to try and inhale all the presumably all the fuck. I don't know how that works. Does that work? Really? Head in the oven is the classic stove? one. I don't know about uh, yeah, over the, the stove. stove yeah. The head in the oven is one one. Yeah, yeah. his manager found him anyway, lying on the floor crying his eyes out. And he was like, Look, so he made three more suicide attempts after that. Fuck, that no, I went about mad. that when he was with Ava Gardner. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the last one was he was the first person to have a concept album and a box set all rolled into one. Ooh. Like he started the idea of a concept album yeah, yeah. and the idea of a box set. Yeah. So it was the thing called The Voice of Frank Sinatra, which was only all of his love songs. So it's kind of concept and terms. Right. He only chose those ones. And uh, it was a set of like 48 RPM records, yeah. eight songs each. And uh, the equivalent of thirty dollars today, yeah, but it still went to the top of the charts. But it was the first time anyone released like a, a, a lump, a lump of records in one yeah, go, like yeah. a big thing. So yeah, he died in a he died in ninety eight, and every year on his birthday, the Empire State Building lights up all blue. Ah, deadly. All blue, yeah, yeah. Like I do, I do like Frank Sinatra. Like, I'm not mad into. It. I, he's not, he's not on the rotation. Like when he's on, you're not turning them off. That's the way I am. No, like we've got a, eight million Christmas songs that. Uh, yeah, fuck all that, man. Just it's, it's, see Frank Sinatra. <laughs> just get like the best of Frank Sinatra. That'll do. You know, what I mean? just the song I picked under my skin is. It's amazing, Jesus Christ! It's so good. So, who is your penultimate and last? Yeah, last one is into uh, the films. In, into the films, my uh, last one is Gordon Matthews Thomas Sumner, uh, aka Sting. Sting. We talked about his Sting. His child a while ago. We did, we did. Uh, uh, you know what? He's surprisingly alright as well. He's it? not bad at all. He, he has a particular style he can do, and as long as he sticks to that, everything will be fine. Uh, tantric, I picked a, tantric acting. Yeah, exactly. I picked uh, "Invisible Sun." It's my favorite Please song. It's my That's favorite song that Sting's ever been involved in. I love it the bits. Yeah. Um, Even over the shaggy stuff. Yeah. I don't know that Shaggy album's particularly good I actually tried to listen to Spirits in the Material World earlier and it's it's just weird off kilter reggae it's real weird man I might, I might allow it I might allow it I'm telling you listen to that song it's so weird it's like half reggae it's like they played it and then they chopped out half the music so you just get this mm, 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 mm. it's mad it's like weird. Hotel California the song that was reggae but it took it up <laughs> yeah, exactly it yeah. like <laughs> um, so the police were obviously fucking huge the police went from 77 to 1985 and then he went solo in 85 to kind of nail um, between his solo career and uh, the police it's Jesus the, the awards are bananas uh, 17 Grammys 3 Brit Awards a Golden Globe an Academy Award uh, he won a BMI Award uh, for every breath you take being the most played song on radio ever so every breath you take is the most played radio song of all time really? um, yeah fuck Yep, uh, he's an inductee into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, he has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He has a CBE from Elizabeth II and something called a Polar Music Prize. I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, 
a country. It's probably, it's probably if you've got a song on both sides of the hemisphere. Something like that. I don't know what the fuck it is. Released uh, albums on both sides. Yeah, between, between uh, solo stuff and the police stuff, we sold over 100 million albums worldwide. That's a fierce amount. Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's a fierce amount of music. Uh, his first acting credit is Quadrophenia, 1979. He was quite good in that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then he went on he done the mockumentary The Great Rock and Roll Swindle in 1980 about the Sex Pistols he was in that as well um, he done he done I think it's a TV show called Artemis 81 I could be wrong it right. could be a movie but I think it's a TV show like a sci-fi thing uh, the big one for him uh, that everybody remembers is Dune in 1984 yeah and they've released just a new Dune trailer the new trailer came out the other day I watched it it looks fucking great I'm particularly I'm interested it. I will watch uh, it yeah, yeah um, the, David Lynch, the David Lynch one much like uh, Bowie was in Twin Peaks he had yeah that, yeah that, exactly. that Lynch moment yeah uh, so yeah Dune, Dune Dune in 1984 uh, he was in The Adventures of Baron uh, von Munchausen which is boy, that's a, a great film that's, that's a Gilliam movie yeah, Gilliam linked right back to uh, uh, there's a million links here Tom Waits, Tom Waits yeah. we could do a, a whole other podcast on how almost everybody in this playlist is somehow connected oh we could yeah, yeah. to, to share um, <laughs> uh, he's been in The Simpsons he's been in Ali McBeal he's been in The Vicar of Dibley he was in Bruno he was in Zoolander 2 he even voiced a character in Captain Planet um, Fuck off. Yeah, in the, in the IRA episode. <laughs> Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, Lockstock two smoking barrels. He was, he was uh, actually quite good in that as your man. Right, your man's dad. Yeah, it was nineteen ninety eight. He hasn't really done a fierce amount. He's done a few bits of Bob since then. Uh, he was involved in three Broadway productions as well. So I think was he, he had some fellow called Subway as well. Oh, it's fucking. You know what? Like I said, I went through and I, I cherry picked a couple of roles. It's not. It's not the biggest list. Um, of acting credits in the world. No, but it's better than picking something that obvious. Yeah, exactly. The, the obvious ones. Can you imagine doing Will Smith one? Like, shut the fuck up. Like, absolutely no, not. I couldn't do Will Smith and I couldn't do Lady Gaga. Yeah, couldn't. it's just, it's too obvious. Uh, we have, we're have we going down a little sidetrack here. But um, I think he definitely is, he's 100% a musician who just likes to tread the boards every now and again. Like, every now yeah. and again, he just wheels himself out, out acting retirement and goes... Fuck it, let's uh, you know what, well, let's do a film or do a TV show, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, That's... he was in the French film somewhere. I remember that box yeah. art, savage box art. Yeah, Luke Besson film. Yeah. Um, Luke Besson is where you will connect to uh, Queen Latifah as well, because she was in uh, the American version of Taxi, which is originally oh, a Luke Besson yeah. movie. So we, we can we can connect all of them somehow, some way. We can we can Amazing. fucking do this. It's fucking five degrees of Kevin Bacon. We tried to do that before. Remember? We did We've done, done a full it's episode. It's called a Magical Mystery Tour. We'll take the link to the song on the next one. It's a bonus right. episode. If you're on Patreon, you'll know all Yeah, that that's right. Up. Yeah, suck my balls. Um, that's the end of... Uh, that's 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 thing. That's thing. Um, yeah. Invisible Sun. Nearly... In, the, the whole section there was almost an excuse just to put you'll Invisible know, Sun yeah, in Yeah, but you'll know that like our later ones, people listening will know our later ones are not always the most fleshed out ones because we're tired and you're tired now. We're, this is fucking... Two and a half hour podcast. It is. It's midnight as well. Yeah. I want a bowl of cocoa pops. Is what I want. Um, the old ones. Uh, no, I bought Dunn's ones, which are the same as the old ones. I oh, wouldn't buy real cocoa pops them. anymore. They can fuck no. off. I only buy Dunn's cocoa pops. Now there's two kinds. <laughs> there's two kinds of cocoa oh, pops really? and Dunn's. There's one that's like real cheap, like seventy cent. Don't buy them. And then there's the Dunn's on brand one that are like 115. And I swear to God, you know, they're being transported back to like 1988. 
which are cocoa pops flavors. Because I need with this whole lockdown thing extending like far beyond I thought it would. Yeah. Uh, now I'm not complaining about it. I'm not like one of those fucking Bell Gate Ben Gilroy fucking anti mask dopes. Hmm. But I need something in my life, and those those might be. A, that's I think that's that's the thing for you, man. Um, I think those Dunes Cocoa Pops are the ones for you. Anyway, that's a that's our podcast this week. We are back doing something on Saturday. I don't know whether it's TV or radio. I'll figure it out. Um, because it looks like I'm going back to work. I don't know. Um, it looks like I'm going back to work on the 24th this month. Uh, at the moment, Ooh, I don't believe it. Is. I don't believe it until the 20th. I won't yeah. believe it until the 20th. Um, because cases are going up again. And I uh, personally hope I never have to go back to work. I'm loving this. Uh, partially partially loving it I, could, I, I do want to go back to work but I don't really like not really I will if I have to um, <laughs> Sorry. Like, uh, so yeah that's it for this week if you like what we do you can go to patreon.com forward slash lost our podcast you go to kofi.com forward slash lost our podcast you can go to lost our podcast.com and you can go to facebook.com forward slash lost our podcast all the links are in the uh, the feed for on your podcast app they're all in there read it and the playlist will be out in a couple of days and we'll be back with a fresh podcast for you next week uh thank you until then good night thank you good night